LLG. <laughs> DJ. I'm sorry. Clap, <laughs> We got our own clicker. Strong clicker. Welcome to Let Click a Podcast, episode 68. Who do we got here? Yo, what's up? It's the Prophet Brown Brothers in the house. This is our son, Brown Brothers are in the house today. What's going on? This is Bago74. This is uh, LLG now, not Rick. <laughs> <laughs> the podcaster formerly known as Rick. <laughs> That's going to be his name. That's I like that name. Really. Hey, I like it, dude. The, the way they fucking put it. Like, hey, hey, what's up, LLG? I'm like, hey. I like <laughs> that, that dude. Hey, look, that's his symbol. Low life gangster. <laughs> <laughs> Artist formerly known as Rick. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, by the, way, oh, by the way, I'm Chris. I'm, I'm here, too. Hi, yeah. hi. Every, every gets quiet after that. Hi, hi, hi guys. So, man, thank you for coming over. I know you guys had a long drive. Yeah. I know you guys came all the way from where? The Valley. The yeah. Valley. yeah. I live in Silmar. Damn. And uh, Prophet is in uh, NoHo. So, you know, <laughs> just kind of came along the way. A drive? Yeah. We figured, I, I did the driving. Yeah, I, I figured, hey, you're the furthest north. You're going to have to come down south anyway. Oh, yeah. man. He's, yeah. At least he thought it out, dude. That's yeah. cool, man. I already had thought, I'm like, when we get this phone call, this is what I'm going to present. <laughs> <laughs> you, planned it out like, you planned it out like fucking Greyhound, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know where you're going to go. Fucking Metro and shit. <laughs> but yeah, man, we're happy to be here, man. This has been a long time coming. Uh, been speaking to Bagulan there for a while now about uh, this, and we just had to get our shit together. So, yeah. We finally did, and here we are, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Who's Bagolandia? <laughs> <laughs> hey, me and Bago, we kind of go back a few years, and like, uh, I'm a real silly type of dude. I always give my homies like pet names and shit. And <laughs> I, I, I called them Bagolandia. Apparently, I wasn't the first person to call uh, them Bagolandia, but yeah, that's Bagolandia. The podcaster formerly known as Bago. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know that shit caught me off guard because uh, my best friend, my best friend Edgar, called me Bagolandia years ago, man. I'm talking about probably 15 20 years ago and all of a sudden this cat when i met him he's like what's up Bagolani? i'm like what the fuck <laughs> it was like the full circle type shit like whoa did you know my homeboy what's going on here bro? what's going on <laughs> but yeah dude dude i was trying to uh, the first question i always wanted to ask you guys how did you guys come to your name the name <laughs> the name actually came from a song um on my first album that i did it was um I made an album called um, Me and My Homie Frank John James. We came up with an idea of, of um, making it, uh, an album with only one person that we're sampling, and we called it Architects, um, Volume One, Bob James. It was all Bob James samples, mm -hmm. and um, and one song on there was called Brown Brothers, and it was me, our son, and another homie of mine named um, Surrealist, and uh, it was a really cool song. You know, our son did a really dope ass Spanish uh, flow on there. Um, and I had like this cool sample that I took of like Fidel Castro and like I put it in the beginning talking about like the whole revolution and what it takes to be a revolutionario and all that kind of shit and it was really dope and then that was what 2012? Well, yeah and then, and then what kind of happened was uh, a couple of years ago we started like really making a push to work on music again because I had gone a lot of years without working on music and uh, what happened was it kind of turned into like the working title for the project right it was like yo what's up with the brown brothers what's up with the brown brothers and then by the time it was all done like we were that's just who yeah. we kind of became so it was like very much organic in that sense yeah. but it started and there was that lyric too where, it was, where I kicked the lyric on one of our songs that we were we doing with when we, once we got back together and it was a uh, brown brothers back up in the lab already planning yeah. and that statement kind of encompassed the entire right. feel of what the album would eventually become and then that's when we started calling Brown Brothers like yeah let's do that and 
So you guys actually had a reason to name them that. Yeah. Name yourselves that. That's from, fucking dope. Yeah, and because the the initial song Brown Brothers was like a song about like being Latino and revolution yeah. and being you know proud of that and shit like that. You know, like no matter what country you come from, it's kind of like all like one raza, I guess mm. you could say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and like I, I really felt that a lot. And everyone always asks, why Brown Brothers? It reminds me of Coco Brothers. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's just yeah, some yeah, creative yeah. way. To, <laughs> a creative way. Or we thought creative. It could but be corny it, to some. But you yeah. kept the hip hop. Yeah. yeah. You know, you kept the hip hop, not just Brown Brothers. You actually mm. Brown Brothers. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny though, obviously, <laughs> when like, you know, you're having a conversation with other people and, you know, maybe they don't, they're not familiar with the Coco Brothers or, mm -hmm. and they mispronounce Oh, brown brovas, brown brovas, <laughs> you know. But Class. they eventually learn, man. They eventually learn. You can take the old eaters. <laughs> you can take it fucking, uh, fucking uh, uh, French brown brovas. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I initially thought it was brown bovas. Like, brovas. I was thinking bovas, bo brovas. Like, was what, I what? the only one that got it? Like brovas. Yeah, yeah, like babosos. <laughs> 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 hey, 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 it was dope though, man. Like, I like what, what's interesting is like me and our son have like a storied history of making music together in many different iterations, you know, like different groups and crews, and we kind of were getting together with the whole crew essentially initially making songs. And Bago were shot, shot a few beats. Some songs um, never really left the, the cutting room floor. Yeah, Bagolandia. But, yeah, Bagolandia on the beats. <laughs> Bagolandia seventy four. But Damn. but we started seeing that everyone else is like like passion was kind of like dwindling and mine and his was so like still on fire. So we kind of had to keep mo like moving, you know what I mean? So and how long you guys been collaborating? It's gotta be like 15 years or oh, something shit. like that. Like 10 or 15 years. Wow. Yeah, like I, we, were you rapping? When we, yeah, you were rapping already when we first met. So we were yeah. in a fraternity in college. Uh, he went to Northridge, I went to UCLA. Mm. And uh, I think we were both probably like rapping amongst our little like crews and stuff. Mm. And then I would hear, yo, there's, there's this dude, Cheddar. At uh, they called him Cheddar. At uh, CSUN, man, you gotta rap with him. You gotta rap with him. And then eventually, I remember, I think meeting you at like at like a, I think it was when we were pledging maybe. And then again at a party like a long time later. And by then you were already like really in your element musically. Mm. And I was still kind of fucking around a little bit. So like you know I wanted to keep up with him. But then over the years we've uh, we've done a, a project called the Consortium where it was mm. the two of us with uh, three other MCs and you know just some really dope production all around. And then that was what we were actually trying to, we were trying to do a volume two of the consortium basically. Oh, okay. So we started getting together, we, we worked on like three or four songs and then a couple of those kind of became the framework for Brown Brothers and then that was where Every time we scheduled the session, it was it was me and, and Prophet showing up, you know. So we were like, "Yo, let's just run with it," and that's what we did. I want to know how you got the name Cheddar, dude. <laughs> uh, so we, stupid. You have like dog. jaundice or something? It, nah, it had to do. With, it's so stupid, dog. Like, I, I, I was, he had athletes for <laughs> tough acting, ten acting. It's like, man, you gotta clear up that fucking cheddar on your feet, man. What's up with that shit, dude? For real, like ball sack cheddar. But, um, nah, like. It was stupid, dog. Like, I was in the frat, and these guys were all uh, sticklers about making everyone have a nickname. And it was around the time of 8 Mile. Mm -hmm. Hoping you know where I'm going with this. And I was the only rapper there, and they called me Cheddar Bob. And over, <laughs> like, over, over all the years and shit. That's the worst fucking nickname I know, dog. It's have, so fucking really. dumb, dog. So over all the years, it's kind of dropped to Cheddar, and then that's where it's at right now. But that shit is so corny, dog. Yo, you, you, had, you had, like, two hours on the drive to tell me not yeah. to say nothing about Damn. Cheddar, Bob. <laughs> Hey, burn them right away. <laughs> We're gonna edit that one out. Nah. But yeah, so um, yeah, Beep. they call me Cheddar. But you know, um, what's interesting about the story? I want, I want to add a little caveat: is he was actually in a group in college called um, called Team Classic, and they were making a lot of fucking noise. They were. Um, 
they were doing a lot of shows, opening up for a lot of like hip hop artists um, at the time. Knitting Factory was popping, all like yeah. all like all those areas. They they were doing it. Me, I, I hadn't quite done that yet. Yeah. I was just kind of still doing like garage recordings and the crib recordings, not really putting shit out like on on on, on a big level. Four so that was a big inspiration. Yeah, four and track. More or less, like, what year was this? Four track Tascam. We're talking uh, about 06. probably oh five, oh six, oh seven. Fucking shout out Tascam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got so many shit started. Dude. Oh yeah, Tascam little four four track digital recorder. Four fourteen. Yeah, it was MK four fourteen. Yeah, shit was sick as fuck. <laughs> so much shit was done with that, but. You know, I I was also doing some other stuff with 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 a band that I had with my family, so it was just different kinds of, of musical expression. But when it, when I connected with him was through the homie Mad Blunts. We went to UCLA, and he was like, we had a freestyle session with these dudes, and I finally met fucking Team Classic. It's him and and the homie Rick Spotlight, and that was fucking dope. And from there, we kind of collaborated a little bit. We make, we came up with a song called uh, "Catch Me at the Showcase." Um, we used to do little showcases. We had a homie who was a promoter, um, still is, and we did a couple of uh, showcases. But he was a college promoter, and as you guys know, like what kind of college heads that are going to a party want to be listening to some boom bap hip hop shit? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they kill the party, and I always hate that right? shit. It's about <laughs> knowing your demographic and understanding that it comes years later. But initially, you just want to rock a show. But you're like, what the fuck? But yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that's kind of how I met the Team Classic and our son and shit. So everybody's you know? just like looking at you with a blank stare. Yeah, like uh, or like or like the fucking dance floor just empties. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but me and Arson, like one thing that. I like to say is we're typically the ones that create the foundation for the songs mm-hmm. and then everyone else comes on. So yeah, because sure. we had always were the ones creating and bringing the ideas to the table, it made it so much easier for us just to be like, all right, let's yeah. keep doing it, dog. You yeah. know what I like mean? Like the godfathers of everyone it, else. Yeah, like I don't want to say yeah. that because yeah. we, like, we, like we, the catalyst. We, it was, we did a lot of, we were the catalyst for a lot of the songs. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like That's we would bring, like. we'd bring like the first verses or, or cause like, you know, Bagolandia, like when we were doing state of the union stuff, like, you know, like, uh, uh, a lot of times me and Mace were that, you know, yeah, we would yeah, bring yeah. a lot of the ideas to the yeah, table right. that would yeah, become yeah. the songs later on, whether it be the hook, whether yeah, it be yeah. like a cool verse or yeah. even just a brainstormed idea. So me and our son yeah. were, were that in our respective crews. When the, and the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, we, we kind of take a little bit of like that, that leadership aspect of it, but, but we're very much on opposite extremities on a lot totally of different, different things that we do. You think different, like, like as far as oh, song structure, yeah, song concepts. He don't know structure. Opposites attract. I'm like Structure, structure. He's like, he, he could lock out a, a, a song right away, right there in the mm-hmm. moment, one take it, kill it. And even if I did the same thing, I would want to go back and yeah. like mess with it because I always want to fine tune it and mess with yeah. it. So that's oh, like, uh, shit, he's like, like fundamentally. Are, are you like the fucking okay. like La Bamba? Okay, okay. 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 Cheddar's turning where, red. Where, where. It's always about Cheddar's Richie. turning red. It's I always watch. about Richie. <laughs> it's okay. always about Richie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, not my Richie. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Arsene we work so well together because we we we're, we we are in in the respects opposites, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. And I, I think one thing that Willie made this album so dope is because we had to compromise so much. Mm-hmm. And now now that we're adults, we're able to do that with a little bit less ego. Yeah, yeah. I think when you're like in your twenties and shit, right. it's hard to put that ego aside. You know, I'm yeah. 35. My boys, I think. You know? I think even going through through that because, like he said, he's been involved with several projects. I was involved with Team Classic and. One way or another, we've been through several musical yeah. breakups, yeah. Oh, which always is kind of what ends up happening, right? You're in this group, and everybody has ideas, and everybody has invested some of themselves into it. Yeah. So one way or another, when you give somebody feedback, some people can take it and some can't. And even when we give each other feedback, it can get heated sometimes. Yeah. It can get spirited. But <laughs> you, I think man. with time, we become you know more mature. And I think like 
that kind of really uh, came together on the album because I think if you listen to the album as a whole, um, you can you can see the elements of where uh, he might be a little bit more like free spirited. I'll, I'll call mm-hmm. it like on a song like mm-hmm. he doesn't really get constrained by a stru- by a song structure. He'll mm-hmm. create his own structure, yeah. and then mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to bring. Oh yeah, where's your 16 at? Mm-hmm. What do you mean you got 18? Like how are you gonna fix that? <laughs> you know? But we all the orthodox. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. what the fuck, man? Yeah. I thought. What do you mean 24? <laughs> yeah. I like to push push the boundaries. A lot of times we get we get caught up with a structure that who created you know what i'm saying like yeah, right. and, and and not to mention like us kind of being elder statesmen in the game like or just being listeners that are a little bit older like we're coming from an era where like the three bar like the three verses in a song was standard now yeah. the, the attention span is so small that the, right. the the verses have become very short and yep. very condensed that's you know a what trip, i mean man that's interesting you bring that up yeah back in the day we had to listen to three song uh, three verses to a song and we loved it because it was a cool narrative yeah. now the attention spans are so short with the people right. that no one is making three fucking verses very rare i'm not saying no one but extremely really? rare if you if, if you look at all the, the music now that is currently on rotation uh-huh. they're very short songs and the verses are very short you know yeah. they may have like a long vamp or a long bridge but like the verses yeah. shout out to the gucci gang you know so, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so like i like to push the boundaries in their respects and i'm a very um i like to roll a lot off emotion and feeling and vibe you know yeah. and inspiration and i've said this numerous times before i have this very like deep thought that music has a, a, a story already written and you're just helping it kind of achieve what, is, right. what, what its destiny already mm-hmm. is. You know what I'm saying? And with the way that it speaks with you, that's how sometimes when a beat comes on or, or music comes on and, and things are just flowing so fast, that's that spirit and that vibe flowing. Mm-hmm. When you really got to dig for it, it may not necessarily be and that you, right you are story. absolutely right. One thing I do remember about you is that I remember you just showing up to the studio and you're showing you a beat and you were so eager to just start writing on the spot. <laughs> like, it wasn't like, hey man, no, no, it's not that. No, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to write right now. Yeah, the vibes already got me. It's and, telling me, like, mm. Yeah, I remember, remember um, <coughs> this one song, you know, The Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed up, and no joke, the minute I played it, this already had, like, the song already oh, done. Yeah, yeah. In his head, it was done. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I, I, I'm about to write some yeah. shit right now. So I was like, oh shit. So that's the kind of energy that me and this who had all the time. <laughs> it's not always dope either. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be ego, egomaniac. It's not no, no, always no, dope. No, no, no. It's, it's more of a stream of consciousness exactly. flow of thing that is coming. Exactly. And it's your feeling toward yeah, it, man. Yeah, And like, I'm, I'm very, like, I, I like to freestyle a lot. That's yeah. one of my things that I do a lot. And because of that is the way that I've kind of began to even write my, my, my songs is I kind of freestyle them out. So I got to tailor them later. And one thing that me and Arsene kind of butted heads a little bit with, it's just a different approach on making music. Neither one is correct or not. They're both there's no it, rules to the yeah, game no yeah, there isn't exactly there isn't. and it was no just rules. a matter of like approach like my man he likes to have things like as perfect as possible you know and very technically like put together me as I've been stating I flow more off the emotion and vibe mm-hmm. yeah. so for me what I would feel sometimes is when me and him were, were creating a song and the vibe that we created when it was recorded whether it was technically perfect or not the vibe and the feeling that it evoked in my perspective trumped anything that would 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 come from a re re spit and and sometimes my man would would let it roll but sometimes he couldn't and that was where the compromise happened you know is what that, I'm is it was it like a lot of tension involved and actually that tension probably created beauty yeah you know what i mean like i'm pretty sure you guys probably clashed sometimes but it was like i grew from that make shit. It happen. Yeah, yeah i grew from that shit and then sometimes i'd be like yeah you was right dog and sometimes he'd be like yeah dog you was right on that one and that's yeah care. i think like one of the things that this process like did for me uh, so before i even like got to the stage of like being like oh you know let's let's compromise on this or that like this the the undertaking of recording this and working on it brought me a lot of balance that was missing from my life 
um, I've been like just super focused on uh, like my professional um, aspirations and kind of growing in, in that space. And I've always loved music and no matter what, I consume it one way or the other, yeah. but I hadn't been expressing myself. And um, I noticed that it was taking a toll on like my happiness, my ability to perform, you know, in my job or with relationships or mm-hmm. with my wife or with my family. And I think like being able to prioritize it and take the time. And honestly, at, fir- at first it was just a matter of like, yo, can we meet up maybe every couple weeks and work on a song here or there and see what comes of it? There were times where this guy would have like songs done and I'm struggling <laughs> to write my fourth bar, you know, and he's done. I'm like, bro. Yeah, I could, but, I could, um, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, but I think over time, though, like I got more and more comfortable with it to the point that it became you know, part of my daily routine. And now, even like over the last few weeks, like I can't stop, you know? Yeah. So I think like that's been really cool because I think as you, um, you know, we might be very different and, and in that process, there might've been times where we butted heads a little bit, but I think in general, one way or the other, like this process made me uh, a much more happier person, a, yeah. a person who's really like much, that much more excited to continue working on shit, you know? Yeah, like I think a lot of, um, a lot of this happens throughout every group I've known. Right. Every, every, every genre, it doesn't have to be hip hop. It could be rock, it could be yeah. jazz. there's always tension in the music man that's something that's something you have to overcome being part of a group and i believe like every time i hear like music like your kind of music i could see that Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like there's a group that chris chris doesn't like called um fleetwood mac Fuck Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> hey man, they got there some was, joints, dog. They Hashtag so, flood, fuck Fleetwood Mac, dude. I'm hey, gonna break that up. Rumors? I mean, hey, rumors, rumors, rumors. There's so much tension in the whole history behind Fucking the whole album. Suck, there was so yeah. many things Hell happening yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, like breakups, fuck everybody. Yeah. And but look at what came out of it. Yeah. A genius album, which. Of course, Chris doesn't like. But anyways, fuck him. <laughs> it's um, fucking boring shit. Hey, man. It's elevator but, but music. Everyone has I think their that's, own. That's, that's the beauty of music, though. <laughs> like, it brings everything out of you. you I'd know? like to say one thing, too, to add to that. I think when everyone is able to look at the final picture and what is really important, being the product of music, not everyone's individual ego, but yeah. what is going to be best for this project, yeah, yeah, then yeah. that when that's when things come out magical. Yeah. Because if you're able to put things inside and say, okay, my idea may not work in the in the scheme of this entire project and i'm okay with that because i want this to be dope and yeah, me and it's him, all for the greater good yeah and so. and me and arson initially we we're like yo let's do something that um we don't typically do but i've been really trying to do more of which is a curate an album so create a list of songs and from there you pick and choose and curate the sound that you want instead of just putting everything out that you make you know what i'm saying it's it's also how you guys came up with this album like the brown brothers like how did this come about like what what set you guys say you know i'm gonna make an album let's make an album i think one uh i think just like uh arson i briefly touched on we were making songs with the whole crew the consortium and you know we had uh some beats from you and and then ultimately they kind of fell off because their dedication or or their time or their life at that particular moment wasn't capable of, of of appropriating extra time to make music yeah. but mine and his was so we just kept rolling and we made the train of thought and after i think well, and i think at first like after yeah because train of thought was one of the first ones that we that started we on solo. a couple of years ago we did I think, solo because yeah. other ones were just four right so we did we did uh you know train <laughs> of thought we had done a couple other songs the only other ones that i think made it style, right and time flies i think mm-hmm. But um, after we had a couple of joints and we were like, yo, this is coming out really good. Like we were thinking like, is it an EP? And then we just kept making more music. And then there was this one particular Sunday where I remember we were probably like halfway into the project, maybe like five or six for sure. And then like, you know, five or six that we were thinking through. And we knocked out like seven songs in a day. Damn. Yeah. It was like an eight, nine hour session. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. And it, and it just and it just came naturally. Well, did you guys already have it written down? Or some of guys? it. Some of it was stuff that we picked up yeah. and then some of it was brand new on the spot. Yeah. Um, so we did it all then. And it was like, 
the, essentially the other half and then we worked on a few more songs and a couple of them probably got cut but then at this point we're like damn like you know now it's just a matter of us having that uh discussion around do we put, do it now do we drop it later where exactly are we trying to get to what's too much what's too little yeah. and then as he um shared like we really got into the spot as we were doing that of like curating it and going after a specific sound and then once we kind of achieved that then it was also like what kind of ride do we want to take everybody on and we had a back and forth and different um ideas around like you know do we go do we go from our lows to our highs or do we kind of start, you know, uh, slower and then kind of take the rising action and then kind of peak out and falling action, which is kind of where we landed on. But I think um, that was really what it, what it, what it, it wasn't like we said, like, hey, a year from today, we're going to drop Brown Brothers. It was like, no, let's just start working on music and see yeah. what kind of let it, it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let it happen. Without a doubt, the curation of an album can make or break that shit. Like, without a doubt, you can get the most perfect fucking album. But if the if the songs are not in order, mm. then that shit right. is going to flop. Actually, there's a there's a there's an art form behind that. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. There's an art form behind we'll actually spend, curating like, the songs. Mm-hmm. The way they flow, and they and, flow, and, yeah. and you don't have to get technical like a DJ does and break down BPMs yeah. and nothing no, like that. No, it's no. more of a feeling and a vibe, and yeah. also what the songs are saying. Like right. you know, if if a lot, if your album is thematically based and it's kind of having a narrative, then you want to make sure that it flows within that narrative, that it's not out of like order or whatnot. And right? your album did do that. Yeah, that's how exactly how how Pink Floyd and Radiohead do does their music. They oh, do it with a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Like, like they do it in three parts. Yeah. It's 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 almost like a play, right? Yeah. Like, like when you like when you're talking about plays, they have like the beginning, then they have the climax, and then the final act. Yeah. It's all broken into threes, like yeah. Shakespearean shit. So yeah, that's fucking dope. And that's that's just. I mean, that's the way everybody should do their album, I think. I mean, just have a beginning, middle, and end. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it just flows better that way. Unless you're just doing some boom bap rapping about how being how dope you are, then in that case, it could just be that. It could know? be an AP. Yeah, just <laughs> know, that kind of shit. But yeah. like, I thought I was dope. I think I'm dope, and I know I'm dope. That's a three <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> This album was tough, though, man, because, like, you know, financially speaking, I had to make a lot of sacrifices, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, as everyone does, you know, but. This one was really tough, and I'm very adamant about paying my way and making sure that everything is done half and half. So Arson was very, very awesome and, and uh, diligent about giving me that that time that I needed, because he could have paid for the whole shit if he wanted to, but I didn't want that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wanted to be like, nah, wait a couple weeks, dog, <laughs> and then we'll do this shit. You know what I mean? Or like, or like, yeah, wait another couple weeks for that one too. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, this shit is no joke. But it just shows the passion that you have for something when you're willing to actually uh, put your money where your mouth is. It's like I gotta get those high, uh, those hi hat loops on layaway, man. <laughs> no, <for> real. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second on those higher loops. Dude. It was like fuck, man. We did a music video and it was just like mad cash <laughs> for, for 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 indie. But yo, know, it shit came out dope and it's for the love and I have absolutely no regrets, right. man. I'm glad you glad you liked the album. Did you get a chance to hear it, Chris? I haven't got a chance to hear it yet. I knew it. I was looking at you and I'm like, hmm, this guy didn't even hear this shit, huh? <laughs> it reminds me of this interview that I just saw with like uh with like this Senator Klobuchar where they're asking this question about the Mexican president and she has no idea. She's like, do you even know what his name is? She's like, nah. I know that he's the president of Mexico. A <laughs> hey, question for your old school hip hop heads: Kumo D or Big Daddy? Big Daddy. Big yeah. Daddy. Mm-hmm. Kumo D was the originator yeah. of the fast style, though. He kind of really broke. He broke grounds. Like if you're talking about history, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. Big Daddy kind of took that and went, Ugh, but yeah. he kind of was the first one to break it from that uh, hip hop and ho yeah. and all that kind of. Well, shit, he's the one you know? that kind of changed rap in a way, man. Right? I Big think Daddy Big Daddy's concepts were dope as fuck too. I remember that shit. I think that there was there was a symbolic death in hip hop when he killed Busy B on the mic when 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 you know. 
know Kumo D when mm-hmm. when he beat him in that battle. That was the end of that era and that style of rapping, mm-hmm. and then the beginning of like some real lyrical, more technical lyrical shit. shit. You know yo. what I'm saying? Yeah. Next level shit. So it's like his impact may not have been that big as far as like later on, but I feel that initial step, man, was it made hip hop. And just Kumo D had that wild, voice. Wild West. Yeah. yeah, he had that voice where it's like a it's it's truthful. There's a truth to his fucking voice. Anything he said, you can take it for its word, dude. Yeah. You know that's all I liked about him. But yeah. He, he could never break through. Yeah. Like Big Daddy. Big Daddy had the ladies. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He was yeah. That always counts for something, right? For some fucking reason. He, the he fucking posed for Playgirl and shit. You know what I'm saying? Dude. <laughs> 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 I'd have forgot about that one. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> fucking Big Daddy came, man. He's the shit. And I didn't get to see him, man. I was like, fuck yeah. I'm going to go watch him. Too. Never got him. Oh, Damn, yeah. Parker. That's LA for you right there. Yeah. Bro. That's LA, Fog man. parking, dude. I've been, I think I... That's why I took the bus to this bitch, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm <laughs> There's no parking outside, fool. How about in LA? It ain't gonna be shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not good. So, it's yeah. all quiet. Uh, <laughs> we're back. We were all taking drinks of our... Montejo. Montejo, yeah. For, oh, hey, damn, have, I need have, another one. Have any of you guys read that uh, uh, Rakim book that just dropped? Uh, no, but so I, fucking dope, man. I highly I'm recommend sure. it. It's cool. It's not like all uh, strictly like autobiography. It's kind of like a blend of that with like a manual about how he kind of did some of the some of the famous songs. But it's cool because he talks about like a little bit of like that unspoken like tension that he had with uh big that he came back in the day and shit like that, oh, and, how, and how they would shit. throw like little small jabs at each other like underneath <laughs> the windows and yeah, shit, like hardcore into windows and shit like that. Oh, you know, I do have cool. a book called uh, Rakim Told Me So. Yeah. And it's about, um, it's pretty much liner notes. They break down every album. They mm. go through different albums, you know, a bunch of classic albums. And they break down what it was, how they started it. Um, and the name, Rakim told me so. I don't know how that came about, but it's probably one of those old school things, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's dope because they go through like Ultramanatic MCs. They go through Two mm. Shores. They go through mm. a bunch of them. They, it's kind of like liner notes. You know when you read liner yeah. notes? Hell yeah. It's like four or five pages. We don't have that no more, but back in the day, the yeah. things yeah. we used to read and, and that had stats. In <laughs> this book, because they break down everything. Like they talk about the studio sessions. <laughs> they talk about how they came up with the album mm. and like did little innuendos here and there mm. about shit that they did. It's badass. So if anybody, that, I recommend that, that book. book or, yeah. or the series is called Told Like No, so no, it's, so it's a book. So. It's a book called oh, okay. uh, Rock Came Told Me. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Got it. I, one day I was, I don't know where I bought it, honestly. And I was like, fuck it. I seen Rock Came on the title. Like, I'm going to buy it. Yo, do you know who had, do you know who used to have the best liner notes in hip hop in my opinion the roots they used to be written by quest yeah. and if you notice closely and you look at their albums the way they number them is a continuation from the last album so the first album is like 1 through 15 the second album is 16 through oh, 20 something right. the oh, third shit. album is so that it's a continuation all the way so like it's fucking very cool and then the liner notes I like that kind of shit yeah me that's too that's just dope like when they add little small things are, like that are you guys fucking with that kind of shit like for your for your project for your crew shit not really because liner notes is something that it's more of a printable thing out now you have to physically have something printed in order for it to actually make sense digitally uh, and you're just going digital right now yeah everything's digital i hear you well, well you what are actually, you you could actually put it on your on you your can, spotify right? account like yeah, you can actually put the to. whole put history yeah. because the whole liner notes is it breaks down like how it started mm-hmm. what went about what you did prior to the studio sessions the at the studio the sessions thank yous and shit and, it, and like if you read liner notes man they go but deep. i think i think like it's it's like a easter egg right yeah so like they're easter eggs like um i don't know if you guys are familiar with that netflix show that, that did mm-hmm. it uh blue cage yeah they like uh season one was all gangstar titles yeah that was season so, two oh, right was, was it it's, rock themed. Oh, it's all themed and so shit. yeah it's so tight. like I, I think like i would love to push to do some kind of easter egg that only somebody who would recognize that would notice is yeah. kind of what it came down to right because 
because I bet you most people did, didn't even notice what you just shared. Yeah. Well, one yeah. thing you did do is, though, every time I notice on IG is that you broke down every song. That was something new that I wanted to do. I, I kind of wanted to give a little bit of a background about like how these fucking songs came to be, yeah. and give give it from a perspective of like a re, of truth, you know, like kind of revealing right. things that people typically wouldn't, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, That's something different. It's it was looked yeah, over. Usually, it's like, looked over, in, huh? yeah, including conflicts, and I, I wasn't as consistent as possible because like a bunch of things happened and shit. Especially I, like after Kobe, I was like, man, I want to post shit. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? So I had to wait for a while just so I, I could feel right. And then I, I had one song left. I'm like, damn, I'm on the last fucking song too, man. Hmm. I don't but, know. Did you hear the, um, what he's talking about? Is that he actually went through the whole album, mm -hmm. and every week, right? Was yeah, it every every, every couple weeks? Every couple weeks, yeah, he yeah. broke down every song, dude. How it came about, what it happened, the trials, tribulations through it, which is that's pretty really awesome, dude. I don't see that. That's I really sick. don't see that. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? That's that's actually pretty fucking cool because you get to see your process, mm -hmm. what what works for you, right. and how it goes, you know. And I think your end result was like perfect. Because I'm I actually waited to hear you guys' music. I mean, I heard it through the Instagram stuff you guys put up. But I'm waiting. I want to hear the whole thing mm -hmm. on its entirety, and then after talking to you guys, I want to see your thought process and put, what, what what kind of thought process you put into your music, which is fucking uh, something that I I normally don't like stuff off the bat, right? But when I know the backstory and your little note that you guys are doing, but yeah. I think one that that I don't think you shared though that resonated with me a lot. I think it was your cousin, right, who uh, had sent him like a, a a message on IG or something. Mm. And he, he shared something around how he listened to the album and he felt that it really inspired him to just like become a better person. Mm. And like that was ultimately wow. all that's, we wanted to huge. do. Yeah. That's, wow. like that's a, huge. Really? Yeah, because yeah. like, that's better than selling a whole bunch of fucking yeah. No, it yeah. is. It's it's uh it's it's fulfillment, right? Because right. like we've been we like we were saying earlier, we've been doing this for fifteen years and we've had different goals, right? And like now we're you know, we're in our thirties and you know, we're both professionals too. And I think at the end of the day, like mm -hmm. that was really all that you could ask for is like, if we're putting <laughs> something out that somebody could digest and think like, yo, whatever they put, whatever that, that ride was that they just took me through, like made me feel better. Like, man, that was ultimate stamp. Like that was that just like, dope. no matter what else happens, like that message yeah. in itself, it's like impactful. it worth it. That's, yeah. I mean, it that mean people relate to it more. Yeah. yeah. And that style, okay. you know, it's fucking like, dope. It put things into perspective for me. Being a little bit older, you, you begin, you have a tendency to really like, um, cherish this music shit more because yeah. you know what it means to you and you know the sacrifices you have to do to make it happen yeah. I think in your youth you're a little bit more careless because you're young you really don't know you know you're just going for it you, you know probably what I'm haven't gone through as yeah, much exactly you know what I mean like later, later on, on you're like Damn. you have so you're juggling yeah. so much more shit it means that more to put this time no and this money and this effort that. and energy aside is a big thing yeah and I think when I was younger kind of getting props every now and then my ego would kind of brush them aside. I, I hate to say that, but it's a, it's a, it's a true admission. That's very true. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you would kind of thank you very much, but it would kind of be like a thank you very much, you know. Yeah. Like, but now, especially hearing shit like that, it's like wow. I begin to reflect upon all those times that who cares if you're fucking going quote unquote viral or selling a gang of records. This motherfucker liked your music. Yeah, this guy right. had liked your stuff and came up to you and gave you gave you props and respect for the for your craft. You know? Yeah, because I just started recently getting an actual like actually being in comments and I'm I'm like the the comments before what do you call it um didn't I mean, not that they didn't mean anything but they were like really like generic mm -hmm. you know. But then I had somebody actually sit down and write down the feeling they had when they saw my picture and what they're going through and how it helped them out somehow. Right. And I'm just like, fuck, that's fucking cool, yeah. dude. You know, I well, can see that happening to you guys a lot, dude. And, and I think one of the other things is we, we did make a concerted effort to like be vulnerable mm -hmm. on songs yeah. and in, in different ways. Right. Like 
like drift away the song um that that bago produced like it's it's a song about yeah. mental health essentially mm-hmm. right and um like my, my wife is a she's a psychotherapist oh, um so yeah. she's out like you know uh, either doing clinical work or like out in the streets so a lot of the things that we're talking about like could be the things that some of her patients go through and yeah. i think ultimately it's things that we all go through but we don't always feel comfortable talking about it so that was what was cool about a song like that and then we had other elements of it like on, on up above you know prophet's talking a lot about his feelings of of grief mm-hmm. and going through the loss of someone and yeah. i did something similar on another song so at the end of the day it was all about like whether it's your financial struggles we talked about mm-hmm. that too whether it's your uh, your your mental health your emotional maturity your ability to handle relationships like we just we felt like that was a spot like a little bit of a void yeah. um, that there is in music because people do address those topics but it's usually like you know focusing on <laughs> something else and the conversation goes that way like we wanted to be like super proactive about it and i think that's also why like maybe i feel like it brought me sanity why mm-hmm. i felt like it brought me balance because we were able to just express that yeah you know the, the thing that sucks is um not the younger crowd right but they don't fucking know that they don't see that shit happening you just see they just hear a hip hop beat and they don't look into the actual lyrics, into yeah. the content, what the you guys meaning, are fucking saying, yeah. The concept. Yeah, they don't see that, dude. And it's like a lot of stuff could help them through. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they hear your struggle, going through your voice or your music, and some of these guys just, like, I was like that growing up. I didn't give, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. It sounded cool. I don't listen mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> but I never listened to the actual content of the music, dude. Yeah, it, But you know what? I, I've, I've, I've noticed this. So, like, I lived in Chicago for a few years, mm. and when I was living in Chicago, I was running a nonprofit on the north side of the city. And I actually started an open mic event out there um, every Friday night for the kids in the neighborhood. And um, they were really shy at first. And actually, the first time we did it, like, I was the executive director of the place and I performed just mm-hmm. to, like, show them that, hey, like, just go ahead and it's fine. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So these kids at the time, they were, like, 12, 13 years old. Fast forward, you know, probably about six, seven years now. They're, like, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. And they're out in Chicago. They're all doing their own music thing. They're putting out their own music. And... Um, one of the things that I've noticed is that as they're doing that, like when I do reach back out to talk to them about like, hey, why don't you maybe touch light on this? Like, why don't mm-hmm. you talk about your upbringing and what your neighborhood was like? They're like, oh yeah, I should do that because I don't think they're getting that kind of content. That's true. To yeah. your point, right? Like, I don't yep. think that they wouldn't respond to it in such a way. I just don't think that they're getting fed that. Yeah. So I think yeah. like that's what we also need to figure out how to do is like, how do you give them that message and kind of meet them where they are a little bit? Yeah, it's like the music that's out there right now and all they, all you see is the fucking the fancy, expensive stuff. Yeah. And that lures them in, but they don't see what's yeah. underlying what what it got what it took to get to that point, you know? Right. They don't see that message, which I love that you guys are doing that, dude. I fucking love that, man. What I find intriguing is that the message is universal. However, the sound that's underneath it is what changes, right? You know what yep. I'm saying? So like if the sound that you have underneath this message is not the sound of the youth, then you're not gonna get them. Yeah, exactly. Period. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like I've I've already gone through this so many times and I'm at the stage in my life where I don't give a fuck. I'm making the music that I like. Mm-hmm. And hitting the demographic that I guess I'm hitting, but yeah. I'm not gonna go right. and seek anymore, mm-hmm. like the in shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like me being an MC, you know, we're always like braggadocia and shit like that, and you have to be able to adapt and always be able to spit over any beat and that kind of shit, which is cool. You know, I could spit yeah. over some of the new shit too, or whatever, if need be, because it's all about metronomes and just yeah. recounting beats. But do I like that shit? Not really. You know, mm-hmm. so I just realized, just do me. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. And be content with that and not have to worry about anything else. Yeah, and like that to true. me has been like the biggest blessing and the biggest um, um, the biggest thing that I've gathered from this whole experience making this album with, 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 with our son because we took a long break, we came back, 
we put our heart and soul into it. We put um, a lot of time, and in the end, that's that's the gift yep. right there. Right. That's yeah, like the process, you know. Dude, the, and that's the, the voice journey. of a college-educated guy. Dude. <laughs> he he, like put it in perspective. Yeah. I'm like over, all over the fucking place, <laughs> and they fucking they tuned it in, dude. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> These guys took that shit and they fucking de- deciphered it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hey, awesome, yo, so you've dick. known each other for 15 years? Is that what it yeah, is? Something like Just that. about. Yeah, yeah when, it's gotta be about 15 this years. This new now. project, when did you start coming back together and working on something? I think we, 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 we started on it about two years ago, but I think okay. we said, like, yo, this is a project now. We're going to finish it probably, like, less than a year ago. Yeah. Oh, shit, okay. That's when we kicked it into overdrive. But, like, last right. March, April or something. Before we were kind of just, like, mulling around a couple of ideas, a couple of mm-hmm. joints here and there, and then before you know it, it's kind of like, okay. It was full force, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Be- yeah. Like, be- before you know it, you're beginning to like uh, create a blueprint for what a sound could be like you know what i'm saying and then that's where the curation comes in what we're talking about you begin to say okay this is three or four songs is like the foundation of what this mm-hmm. song uh, album is beginning to sound like so let's roll with that sound yeah. and then, that, that. then from yeah, there it makes right. it easier to cut songs without mm-hmm. any sort of like attachment to them mm-hmm. because then now you're not worried about oh I kicked the dope ass verse on that song but I really <laughs> want it here it's if like it nah fit, but it, it ain't gonna fit, fit. Yep. like this is the baby that. that we're yeah, creating yeah. Yeah. this is that's important not this and a know? lot of the a lot of the tracks that were that were cut one way or the other like are songs that we probably will go back to like I would say we're probably six songs six seven songs for sure into the next into brown brothers too because we definitely want to do that as well but i think like we were one of the things we were talking about earlier is um in the beginning of this process like myself having been removed from music for so long i was getting a little bit of an attachment to each song mm-hmm. so one of the things i give profit a lot of props on is he was like yo nope it's not gonna make it it's not gonna make it and yeah. i wanted to like nah, man, it just hurts my heart <laughs> if you pull it off. Yeah. and um it hurt my heart to like leave like that, probably yep. like 10 songs on the cutting room Damn. floor Damn. but and, and then like yeah we have our feelings like we still have a couple where i'm like bro like when are we gonna put that one out but yeah. but regardless like at the end of the day it, it really helped because there's like yeah there was a couple they heard to like cut them but i'm so happy but then but then it goes GoPro but, status then it goes shit. back to what i'm saying it's like if your contribution on the pacific song is really dope but the song itself doesn't fit within the context right. of this yeah then you have to be able to cut that amen and be like all right cool yeah. i went yeah. through that with you a lot <laughs> a lot <laughs> <laughs> like we, yeah but bago used to bring a lot of shit to the table we actually have an ep floating in the sky somewhere with like about four joints but uh. yeah uh <laughs> Bagolandia would would, would would like would like toss me some joints, you know. Yeah, Bagolandia. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I used to bring them like and like the whole group like ten songs like and probably one was selected and not. Sometimes but I used none. to low key select like two or three in the back. Yeah, like but it was it was a frustrating moment as a producer because you know you 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 make that music for that group you know and like you put your heart and soul into it right. and you have a vision of what you want that sound to sound like you know like and you have it. And when it doesn't make it in the and it doesn't make the cut, it's like fuck. Yeah, it's like oh, but I want but you it know what? Hey, there's a way to look at that. My dad told me once you have to write a hundred songs before you start writing dope songs. Mm. Yeah. That's what he told me. Mm. And I looked at that it's like, deep. why is there a number behind that? But but it meant something to me. I was like, oh shit. He's basically saying you got to bust your ass. Yeah, you got to get yeah. your reps up it's and like, get all the rust out. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's like the uh, ten thousand hours. So, you know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. You know, the outliers right. put in ten thousand hours of work to be a professional. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, a master so, of your craft. So those songs that didn't make it, you're supposed to thank those songs. You're yeah. supposed to be like, thanks, man, because that song is pushing you to the oh, better yeah. song. Yeah. You feel me? But it hurts. Yeah. I know yeah. it hurts, yeah. dude. Because I do. Yeah. I have a CD right now that's full of those songs, and I'm like, man, that didn't make it. What's wrong with us? 
but he's Bagalandia right. to fucking hey, the podcast. Hey. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, nah, ba- Bago hey. does his thing still. Bagalandia kept on asking me, "Hey, what's up with that song though? Are you gonna drop on the Brown Rose? What's up with that song?" I'm like, "Dude, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about?" <laughs> and next thing you know, it was a consortium <laughs> song that we had cut on the cutting room floor that he really wanted to be on the album, and I had to explain to him like, "Nah, dog, like." It just doesn't fit within the context of the sound that yeah, we're creating. Yeah. Yeah, and like, it makes sense. You know, it makes sense. After you like, explained it to me, it like, makes it's sense. It's like getting like a yellow fucking brushing like, over all your shit when I was creating this beautiful landscape. <laughs> uh, like it's a beautiful song. Within, it's a neon yellow too. Neon, it's, yeah. fucking, it's, it's like rude got, in your face. Yeah. It's like you got a litter of these beautiful puppies, but you're drowning them in the bathtub. <laughs> like, <whatever. laughs> Why are you taking there, Dick? God Why are you fucking taking there? And you're going, hey, Chris, and you're going, drink some water, boy. Drink some water. Thanks, Dick. You just got rid of our fucking PETA crowd, oh, dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh. yeah, clap, clap that out for no, real, right? Hashtag animal rights. But it truly makes a lot of sense because I remember um, just thinking, like, okay, I'm gonna make one. Then fuck it. Mm-hmm. If these aren't gonna get chosen, I'm gonna make one. And that's when the rain came out. Yeah, like and the rain was banging. Yeah. But then it also goes back to what I said a little bit in the beginning. Each song, I, I believe, has a destiny. Yeah. So those songs have a destiny. Yes. It may not just be with us, one, mm-hmm. or two, it may not be for this time. Exactly. How many times have you heard a beat uh, a couple of years later and been like, damn, this shit is banging. Yo. Like, we got a few joints that we got on the album that are years old. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think even with, like, your production on the album, like, uh, you know, we had Train of Thought, which you probably worked on, you, yeah. what, three, four years oh, ago? Yeah, yes. Because we started yes. on it two years yeah. ago. And then, so that one was one of the early songs that kind of laid the foundation. And oh, then we shit. did Drift Away, really? which was, I think, the last song that yeah. made it, like, on mm. our last recording session. Yeah. So, like, you oh, know, it's shit. a whole spectrum. So, to your point, like, mm. every song has a different... I fucking love that Drift Away, dog. As soon as you sent me that fucking beat, dog, you know I sent you the hook, like, about <laughs> five minutes later. <laughs> like, well, this fool sends me a beat. Like, Bagulandia, he'll always send me beats, which I love. He'll, he'll like, he send me, like, a, a beat he's working on or some random shit. And then uh, he sent me this one, and I was like, oh. I started writing real fast. Like It hit me like lightning bolt. Five minutes. <laughs> like, five I, minutes. In, in five minutes, I sent him a, like like the hook, you know, up in the sky where mm-hmm. the birds fly and my dreams roam. It's the place I call home. Please leave me alone and let me lie amongst the clouds. Let my mind drift away until I figure it all out. Just kind of being stuck up in the clouds, like, no, he like he yeah. like he like like ran uh, through my door like yo, what's up, bro? Hey, I got this, and it was like right right away within like five minutes. We were like, all right, let's record <laughs> yeah, it. Right, nice. it was fucking ill, man. Yeah. It was ill, and then it, like I hit a bagulanya, and then that night I sent him the because the way Bagulania. Arson works is like I love Arson for this. Um, he gets really excited and he'll mix that shit that night and send me a rough draft that night. So like at one oh, or two yeah. in the morning, ethics, I wake ethics, up everyone, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> pay attention. But one thing that he, that he does do that I had to tell him not to is sometimes he'll he'll put them songs out right away. I'm like, damn dog, we just fucking made this shit. It's already on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's already mastered and shit. I'm like, yo, they already forgot about it, bro. Yeah, shit, He's bro. like, send me the song. He's like, yeah, I told Distro Kid already. Yeah, like, what? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, freaking Bago, like, um, he really loved the track, and and he gave me the story behind it that he was in an airplane making the beat. Yeah. You could tell the story, but well, yeah, I mean, I was seriously on. A, um, I was coming back on an airplane from Tennessee, and um, I didn't want to watch a movie. You know, everybody does that shit, watch the movie on the fucking airplane. I'm like, no, fuck, I'm gonna make a beat. <laughs> nice. And I started making a beat on my phone because I have this IMPC app on my phone. And I started just making a beat on the spot. Like, fuck it, I'm going to do this right now. Blah, 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 blah. Hour later, you know, I touched down in LA. And um, the next day, I hit him up. I hit up a prophet. I go, hey, yo, check this out. He's made this beat. And about five minutes later, he responded back with a hook. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Damn, you're fucking playing this taxi and you're already went platinum. The yeah. <laughs> it tripped me the fuck out. So I'm like, yo, he's like, yo, we're about to have a recording session tonight. Yo, can I use it? We're about to use this beat. I'm like, you serious? He's like, yeah. Fuck. So I'm like, okay, so wait up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Dude. I got I, I to gotta arrange it. <laughs> so I arranged it to 16 bars. Yeah. But the hook, 
And I went, okay, man, I'm gonna email it to you. So we did the whole SoundCloud thing, yeah. you know, the whole thing, you know. The next morning at six in the morning, man, I wake up and he's like, yo, man, we finished it, peep it out. I was like, what? <clears throat> Damn, you guys are fast, dude. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it wrote itself, bro. Like he was literally in the clouds making the beat, and that's the idea. That came to me. <laughs> without like literally any, in yeah, the clouds, with, with, that's without, crazy. Without any forethought, be, be, like before that, it was just like spontaneous. So like it was something that was very uh, spiritual yeah. in a sense, man. As far as the beat, like it just had a way. It told us. Yeah. And where can we find this song? It's yeah, on the album. Oh, album. Brother's album. What was uh, what was the uh, response from uh, you know uh, your fans and? Well, people that follow you it's interesting because our son had this amazing idea i'm gonna let him talk about it right now we had a listening party and go ahead and let them know what you did for yeah the listening party. so what we did is uh you know i think people's attention span is very limited right mm-hmm. like probably ourselves included so we wanted to have like how could we do it how could we look at it differently so recently um i had been out i watched a movie with my wife uh over the summer last year and it was a rooftop out in hollywood and what they do is they give everybody headphones so instead of like just having a you know speaker assembly mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. everybody like puts a on a silent party. Exactly, yeah. like a silent oh, party. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? That's the only way I'm gonna be able to put a bunch of people in my house, play them the album, and get them to listen from start to end. Mm. So we actually reached out to one of the silent party rentals, and we we rented the headphones. So we invited um, either people who had contributed to the album or like our closest of friends, and it was a very intimate like event. It was maybe like 30, 25, 30 of us. And we rented out the headphones and we did it at my house and we played them the album from start to finish, like, you know, a little 15 minute smoke break in between. And um, I mean, the response was awesome, man. That's um, sick. That's yeah, dope. it was just dope that. because we really like w- were able to capture the moment. And, um, you know, obviously those people like they had a lot of uh, great feedback, constructive. Some of it was just like, yo, that shit is dope. Thank you for finally dropping an album. Um, and then from there, like our intent again with this, I think, was really more so, I think, to fulfill ourselves a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I didn't come into this, like hoping to make the album that was gonna go number one on Spotify or anything like that. So, and I think from that sense, like the people that we introduced our project to, like have been uh, huge fans, like huge responses, like family in Chile, uh, Puerto Rico, obviously. And then like, you know, you can follow the stats on Spotify and all the other platforms. Mm-hmm. Like there's people in like, Portugal and you know Russia and shit like mm-hmm. that that listen to us so that's been like really dope and then I think ultimately like it's like what do people who um, whose voice means something to us like what do they say about the album and we've gotten some like really good responses in terms of that um, so I think like I'm super happy with how um, everybody has kind of supported it so far I think like now it's on us to continue to do that because I do think that right now you have to be you have to be able to put in a lot of work consistently because right now we're just in, an a, in a different era right where there's so much more music mm-hmm. and people will forget about you even if you drop like something yeah. good so hopefully we can kind of just build on that momentum but i was really happy with uh what we've heard so far any well, plan oh what were you saying? i was gonna say any plans on doing any live shows so in support of the album or we we had conversations about it and we're definitely kind of looking into that um i, I had briefly spoke with arson about it before we came inside here and we said it's, it's interesting how like typically you're used to doing a big promo push right when the album drops but right now we're really spreading this out and like because we're not really tripping on it you know what i'm saying yeah. we're kind of spreading it out like we dropped the album many months ago and we're just doing a podcast right now type of shit, right? <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's just dude. the way that schedules work out and shit so given that situation we'd like to do a few shows and we're kind of looking at type of stuff but it's not something that's really like killing us at the moment but we definitely want to try to do a couple of shows and sharpen up our blade a little bit and get back into the mix you know yeah i think i think like uh we we did a lot of shows you know years ago um like in the mid-2000s i think uh i remember we opened up for like krs and you know a lot of like people that you know just have, have definitely made their their footprint in the game 
and i was really proud of our live show like we had uh you know some real good things going but then similar to just like even getting back to recording and creating like it was a long hiatus <laughs> so i think like when profit hit me up like back in like november yo, yo let's do some shows in january like honestly i was a little like uh, okay yeah let's see what's up but I, you probably didn't feel the energy as much <laughs> so i think like um you know as you kind of build those reps up right like definitely a space i want to get back into because there's nothing like being on stage there's nothing like being definitely. on stage and, and oh, yeah. performing what you worked on what you put your heart into like that's where it really is all worth it because at the end of the day the feedback is great and getting knowing that people are listening to it and valuing it is great but there's that connection right when you're up on stage and you look down and people are like really listening like there's nothing like that so um definitely something we need to we need to get on in the future i feel like i feel like the same thing with riding a bus I used to love riding the bus. I haven't ridden the bus in so fucking long. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Serious shit, man. It's not what, bad. You know what I find interesting is like the songs that you like as an artist may not be necessarily what the fans gravitate to. Yeah. So it was very intriguing kind of getting like the fans' perspective on like the ones that yeah. were their favorites. And then I was like, you like yeah, that we, one? Yeah, we were. We were <laughs> like, I always like that. Yeah, huh? It's you know, the one that you're not really yeah, like crazy like the, about. Yeah, the ones that you're like, like the deepest shit you ever wrote. It's like, ah. But then like ones like whatever. It's like, ah. Yep. You know. I wrote that in the kitchen yeah, making eggs. For real. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, shit, that shit took me like 10 minutes to write and, and I finished it taking yeah, the dump you know what I mean like all that no idea but yeah like That's a lot crazy. of people really like this um, song called Representa yeah. on the album which was a really cool song it was about Raza like I threw some shout outs to like some guerrilla groups in, in, in America my man Arson he always kills it with the, his ability to kind of like switch in English to Spanish very well oh, that's tight. Um, that song did a lot did really well um, let that beat speak which was an old school that song nice. did, did, a, did, did a had a lot of traction as well um, we even got some people that really love Train of Thought, which was cool because Train of Thought was a little bit of like a conceptual song. So when you kind of do that, you could like kind of go over people's heads sometimes, or it may not just be a good concept in the beginning with. Like, <laughs> this you go no, like, it don't have to be all high and mighty of like, oh, it went over their heads. It may not even have been that good to begin with. That yeah, Train just, of Thought yeah. resonates with um, like our fans that like aren't like that hip hop, if you will. Oh, you shit. know what I mean? So like whenever people have a more eclectic music taste, especially if they're into like rock, like that's the song they fuck with. What? Yeah. Wow. That train of thought. Yeah, and, and that one was like a little bit of a risk throwing it on there because it is like, you have to slow down and listen to that song. It's not one of the songs that I think no. you could just kind of have in the background because I think like from the instrumentation to what we're saying on it, you got to follow. Yeah. But we yeah. wanted to put it at like early in the album to yeah. like force you to listen because if you're not going to listen to it at number two, then you're not going to like get to yeah. the songs that we want you to listen on later yeah. on in the album. There's so. a few people I knew that would just go like oh you bastard <laughs> <laughs> you bastard you, you bastard listen yeah. to everything people listen to it all man yeah but that's why we wanted to make the album short like we cut a lot of shit we didn't do no skits you know we were mm -hmm. thinking about doing skits but in the end we're like let's condense this and just keep the material pretty yeah. cohesive you know we threw a couple of um songs on there that were just like for the love I guess you could say mm -hmm. like one of them is um, LA Confidential which is the song will be, it's more of a narrative about this fictional character it really reminds me of uh, Biggie with the warning just the whole yeah, like yeah, fictionalized yeah. type mm -hmm. of account of a song yeah. type of shit that has nothing to do with anything on the album like that is one and I think that's the only one huh dog like that is just kind of like random yeah well um, that doesn't really have like a, th a theme within the, within but the I th scheme I, see like I, I thought but it, it does have a theme I guess it's, yeah. a, it's like a, a, a well, I, I like fables type shit yeah, what I liked about that song and, and I think it did ultimately fit within it was because uh, in all the music that we've ever created we always talk a lot about where we grew up so I grew up in MacArthur Park He's from Pasadena, and we always talk about like the intricacies. So even on that on that particular song, "LA Confidential," it's about this uh, character named Ivory, and he um, paints this whole story about how he was kind of like in the bad life, and then um, you know eventually like shit just doesn't go his way, and and the cops shoot him down. 
And what I added in there was like a different perspective on the same character. And I was like, yo, it's not that he was just um, going down the wrong road. It's that he was actually going to clean shit up. Um, because of a woman that came into his life but then he ended up meeting the same fate because unfortunately mm. the circumstances he was involved in mm. and on there I was like yo I'm gonna make sure that I talk about how he drove by Six and Bonnie Bray because you know I grew up in MacArthur Park <laughs> so I thought even then like it, it was a little different in terms in terms of it was the only ones that wasn't from like a first person point of view it wasn't like us rapping you know directly mm. from ourselves but it's still like tied tied into it I think as far as like the you know the the, the background that the album plays in like you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that song "Let That Beat Speak" was the last song that my homegirl Mad Mary got to rap on. She's an amazing female MC. Yeah. She don't even rap no more because of the fucking bullshit LA scene and mm-hmm. how like you have to have a certain image as a, as, yeah. a, as if you're a woman. Unfortunately, and she didn't have that. She was she wasn't like by any means you know the 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 the, the beauty queen or anything like mm-hmm. that. But she had the most fiercest fucking lyrics, dog. Like some of the dopest shit I ever heard. Be mm. like you could hear it on that song, like. It's really dope. I would I would come to be comfortable to say that she took out me and son on that one. You know, like <laughs> really dope. Like she's a that's uh, badass. I don't, I don't know about that. You know, like, like she she per, she performed at a competition. Sounds like uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know. Talk, talk Let's to yourself, hear it again. Bro. Let's hear it again. He's like, hey, can you play that boggle? But she uh, she performed at a competition in Katie Jake's and everybody uh, put the she, headphones on. Everybody with the headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a brilliant idea, by the way. I got to give you props on hey, that. Man, that is. Do you know what that did? Fucking brilliant idea. That focused everyone to sit down. Exactly, because out of listening party they yeah. could be like hey dog remember what happened yep, week? exactly like, nah, nah, nah. let's go smoke like, fucking listen to shit dog. but we had to have a break though. but you're forced be- yeah we had to have a break though an intermission because okay, I said yo if we don't have an intermission we're gonna lose these motherfuckers halfway mm-hmm. only fucking hardcore hip hop heads and usually younger dudes could yep. sit there like and listen to a motherfucking whole album mm-hmm. back to front you know what I mean right. you really gotta love your shit to be able to listen to that's shit really, like that I was impressed you know what I mean that. like to really break down the lyric like I used to do that when I was in my teens like used to just be like oh oh shit like almost busting you know like rewind it boy <laughs> With the tape though, like yeah, rewind the tape. Press, it, press or, stop first, or like, and then rewind. Or if the rewind don't work, you out. flip it and then you do the fast forward, and yeah. then you flip it because <laughs> it's faster and yeah. shit. <laughs> Yo, but man. yeah, man, um, that's fucking uh, uh, a pretty crazy story with that chick, Mad Mary. She threw everything away, erased all her fucking social media, all her raps, all her albums, and she's no longer rapping. So it was good to get a chance to see like her man. last testament on this mm. album. That that flow is actually years old, three, four years old easily. Wow. Fuck. Wow. What yeah, was her name again? Her name was Mad Mary. Yeah, she actually that's a dope name she too. Right? With, with, Mad she Mary. actually rapped with one of Arson's homegirls named Miss She Ill, who's a, a dope ass rapper too, man. And yeah, they all came from UCLA. It's crazy, Fuck. bro. That's cool. It's crazy. Hey, before we start, who else is here now that uh, joined us a little bit late? Oh, uh, Joel. What's up, Joel? Oh, DJ Mino's <laughs> also here. Yeah, just so everybody knows who the voices are. Whose who's voice is that over there? I haven't heard it. So I'm fu- the voice of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking Indiolandia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say I'm the voice of no reason. <laughs> no, that's uh, Osama bin Landia. He <laughs> oh, was the one, Osama bin Lain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. All right, inside we're joke, inside joke. <laughs> we're back. And we're back, people. Oh, fuck. Okay. All right, we're back. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. All right, so, man. Let me let me. Uh, oh, my bad. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, um, let me ask you. Your influence. Uh, I'd say like on me and like my style, probably the most would be Guru. Mm. Guru from Gangstar. Shaking like nice. just his uh the nice. the monotone flow. I I kind of have a monotone flow myself. 
Um, I think his uh, his attention to structure and like the rhyme schemes, simple enough so that the average person can follow, but complex enough so that like a head will respect it. Um, and then obviously, like Primo is like my favorite all time producer, just period. Um, so I would say Guru is probably like the single biggest influence mm. on on me as a as an MC. That's nice. Choice, yeah. You I said mean, a key word: structure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Uh, what about you, Prophet? He's thinking. He's thinking. Like, no, he's, he's all for me, it's a little bit of of, of like a, a multi tier type of thing because, like, shout out to Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she got bars. Hashtag bars. <laughs> real, like. My first, my, my uh, first influence was Method Man. I love the Wu Tang Clan, oh, and sure. um, like, oh, yeah. I felt that Meth had like this swagger and like this style that was like very ill. It was like all his own. He said that even like this way that he would dance, like when he would mm -hmm. rap, it was kind of like a sway. He would kind of allow this music to really just like yeah. emanate from his body. You know, it's like every MC when they rap, they have their thing. That Yo, was. And his by the thing. way, I've never yeah. seen anybody dance while recording verses like proper. <laughs> yeah. like, like he'll be laying down a hook and he'll be having sex with the air at the Damn. same time. Yeah. Like this, I don't know. Right, it's just yeah. Now like I know what like, you're doing. It's a spilling and vibe I get. Hey, you, know, you got like, the public let, thrust. Yeah. All that shit. <laughs> let, me, let me break down the six, three, six degrees of separation. Okay, so Method Man played um, a character on the wire called Cheese Wagstaff, <laughs> <laughs> and they called him Cheddar. <laughs> Cheese Wagstaff. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what the fuck? So okay, there goes a sixty degree of separation. But yo, like Kevin Bacon, right? Meth is the shit, yo. Like yeah. he has like that. He has he has that thing. Like you know, how every every MC has like their tick. Like yeah. when you see, uh, for example, two mates does his hand yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, everyone has their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, uh, so that was his, and I really loved it. I loved his style of rapping. That was really really big influence for me. Um, I used to live in the Midwest for for a while. I was born in a small town called Ohio. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Lorraine, Ohio. It was really close to Cleveland. And uh, I moved out here when I was a few months old, but then I moved back when I was like in middle school. And then I started to absorb a lot of like East Coast shit. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? A lot. Went to Puerto Rico for a year, came back to Cali, and then all this West Coast shit came. So I started to love a lot of West Coast rap, like Snoop. I think Snoop was one of the most prolific uh, freestyle artists like of his day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like not only did he have dope ass songs, but he freestyled his ass off. So yeah. I really love a lot of like early Snoop shit. You know what I mean? Like this is like, his freestyle and flow, I think a combination of him and Meth, you know, for me. Yeah. That's tight. Because he had that singing. Yeah. You know, he could sing and rap at the same time. It's very melodic. Yeah, he's real fast, man. He would, his shit was dancing, though. His, his, uh, his cadence. Yeah. He'd always have some type of pattern that he'd follow, you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd be yeah. catchy to the ear, be like, yeah. oh, that shit's tight. Like on the shiznit, like on the shiznit, on doggy style. Yeah. Like he's just like going on and on and on. You're just mm -hmm. like, ooh. Ooh, man, you know, you just want to follow it. I love it. I love fucking it. Fucking voice of Long Beach. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know who else was a really dope SMC? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had this theory about him. Corrupt. Okay, he's he comes, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. like he comes from the Shut East Coast. Up. He's a Philly MC. Right. He came to the West, became hardcore gangster. However, there was a moment in time where he was featured on a lot of East Coast albums. He was on the Pete Rock Soul Survivor. Mm -hmm. He was on fucking um the real uh, Slum Village, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Rough Riders. Yeah, Rough, Rough Riders. Riders. I was yeah. like, damn, this guy's getting mad love. <clears throat> Even his first album, the Corruption album, was a double disc. The mm -hmm. West Side and the, um, the West Coast and the East Coast mm -hmm. side, very intriguing, man. I, I always had a lot of respect for Corrupt. He fell off hella sick, but his first couple uh, albums were like really technical, dope mm -hmm. rap. You know, if he gave a fuck about a bitch, he'd always be. Broke. I know for real. <laughs> <laughs> that fool. <full. laughs> <laughs> for real. That's why he's selling weed now. He has to give a lot of fucks. <laughs> No, but that fool had bars. He had bars. Yeah. He had. Oh, yeah, he, he, you could tell he was more of a freestyle cat. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember. Okay, I'm not. Fuck it. I went to high school with him. 
And I remember him yeah. back then. Remember, Emina yeah. could testify to this. We seen him yeah. at, at losing her. Damn, that's and dope. he used to spit back then, dude. That's sick. That's dope. And we respected him. Like, yeah, dope. we used to trip out on him. Like, yo, this motherfucker was badass. Him and I remember him Les. And Les. Him and the whole way <laughs> Les. Him and Les won, yo. They used to go at it, man. And we like, who they is were this? the two cats, right? That were yeah. like dope. Yeah, they'd be up on stage because we had like a we had a stage of sometimes that we had like on on lunch. They used to have a little slab. sessions. A slab. And this we used to be up there just. <laughs> Boston dude and be like whoa the motherfucker was badass yeah. and then to see him later on when he came out we're like oh my god that's the motherfucker bro. Yeah. Like, that's and everybody in the hood would always be like hey you went to losing remember that remember that <laughs> <laughs> like, think, like think about the style of rap that he was bringing to the table of the yeah. west coast uh, um, considering like the contemporaries around him were spitting a completely different type of style yeah. like, he was really spitting some lyrics and yeah, shit he and he, he almost had to adapt to the gangster style to fit into where he was at but his east coast roots were just shining through man mm-hmm. like on dog food oh, man. he has like there's a couple yeah. songs like reality uh is one of my favorites that mm-hmm. song he just goes crazy oh, yeah. you know non-stop. um psycho like no you know psycho like no yes. bitch non-stop <laughs> joints bro he keeps going he i don't like the dream going. about getting paid i mean just joints joints, joints. lyrical and, and daz's yeah. production underneath that was like that's oh, best is oh best that's mm. an unsung hero like, yeah. his production i think is so so dope man that he didn't really get a lot of shine you know Man, didn't get he, a lot of shit. He got at a all. chance to do it, but not as well. He could have. Yeah. Been. Well, I actually saw an article that he's getting 300 grand a year in royalties yeah. ju- just off four songs that he made on fucking uh, All Eyes on Me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's good for the rest of his life. <laughs> he you know said, what I'm saying? He said. <laughs> hey, outside of hip hop, though, do you guys have any influences? Any Spanish? Any oh, fucking yeah. Slayer? Um, any, any songs <laughs> not Slayer, but uh, yeah, I love fucking. Um, now that I'm that like I'm getting a little bit older, I'm starting to embrace the music of my of my parents, which I I kind of hate. Not Baby Shark, up. right? Nah, my <laughs> my mom. No, that's like, his kids' music. It's mommy Shark. <laughs> yeah, that's like my that's my students at work music and shit. I, I, um, I had to bump that, but not by choice. Um, my mom, uh, she's Puerto Rican, and, and she bumped a bunch of salsa growing up, um, and I used to hate that shit. Um, mm. One thing she did bump was a lot of like Motown though. Uh, and a lot of like soul and that I do love and R&B and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I do love that and a lot. The salsa I recently started to love within the past five, six years and I love it a lot. I started to really dig deep and understand that salsa, especially what happened in New York was like their hip hop of their time. Like, like that Willie Colon shit. Willie Colon shit. If you look yeah. at the album yeah. covers, they're gangsters fuck. You yeah. know, they're talking yeah. about the shit that's happening in the streets from their perspective. Yeah. You yeah. see like the Ruben Blade shit that he was making mm-hmm. with Ruben like Blades. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. making a lot of political t- t- type of music. Fania, Fania. Hell yeah, Fania Records is the shit. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more than just, Hector you know. Lavo. Yeah, Hector Lavoz. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying? No like shit, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Willie Colon, it was one of the dopest fucking like uh, orchestrators of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to I'm starting to really love that shit now. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Tight. But as a kid, I hated that shit. So <laughs> now, like, like I'm absorbing like all kinds of world music. Like, I I love shit from Brazil, like bossa nova shit. Yeah. I love like Su Jorge. How do you incorporate that into your music? Um, I think your lyrics. Um, I I don't I, I don't even know if I really do. Maybe subconsciously, maybe just through some of like the um, the the patterns that I take and things like that. And the way you dance on the mic, the, yeah, <laughs> the, like that kind of stuff. Um, I really want a, a lot of those musics to be sampled so that yeah. uh, in the music that I'm trying to make, so that, that influence could kind of be imparted. Gotcha, you you yeah. see that in, in the song uh, "Representa" on the album. It has yeah. a lot of like mariachi style horns, mm-hmm. which kind of like dictated the flow of what the song was going to be about. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm sure Arson could test testaments of music. He, yeah, he no, I mean. Um, um, like like in high school, like if I wasn't listening to hip hop, like it was a lot of like '80s flashbacks back oh, then. Oh yeah, nice. So I, I spent a lot of time like listening to like the Pesh Mode, 
um, you know, Morrissey, The Smiths, The Cure. Mm. And like, I think the way that um, that particular influence makes mm. itself, like at least in my rhymes, is is going back to the vulnerability. Yeah. Right. Because like uh, a lot of the the influence within hip hop, like if we look at it back then, like, it, you know, in, in the last five years, it's, be, it's become one of the cool parts about the new school is that I think you can be more comfortable being mm-hmm. yourself, even if we're having trouble figuring out what that is. Mm-hmm. But I think before that, right, like, you know, there was a lot of uh, masculinity machoism like mm-hmm. not being able to express yourself like uh as emotionally weak or anything like that and i think like you know some of the hip-hop artists in the last few years have really been responsible for bringing that back but like mm-hmm. when i think about those artists and i think about like dave gahan or or morrissey or, or any of them really like that's really what they were able to do they were very comfortable with it mm-hmm. and like morrissey like uh, I, I think I've read that like his, his biggest uh, fan base is Mexican from mm-hmm. LA, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because the like Liga polls, by the way. Los <laughs> Angeles, no fucking Los Angeles. <laughs> but I think like well, the, he wrote that song Mexico for for his Mexican fans and off his uh, was that you are the query. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you are yeah. the query. And I think like but I, but like I, when I think about like why he would resonate in our city, it's because I think like a lot of the, the, the heroes the people part. we look up to yeah like yeah. they you know they didn't allow you to do that and we do that through like a lot of the local music like i'm 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 personally chilean my wife is mexican so you know whenever i'm i'm at I'm with her family mm-hmm. and they're playing like banda or anything like that that maybe i'm not as familiar with like and i listen to it there, there's a lot of vulnerability yeah. in it too right so i think like that in general kind of like whatever whenever people are, allow themselves to be okay like i, I feel like that influences yeah. me in some way. Well, like I've never seen so many Mexicans cry when they hear Vicente. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Serious shit. It's, it's the truth, though. Yeah. What up? Yeah. Especially that shit, one song. There's, there's like a and funeral a... song, right? There's a specific funeral song that yep. everyone sings. Yeah. Oh, once you hear it, they were singing it for Kobe, too. It's fucking powerful, like... dude. And then we also have a Vicente singer in here. Two of them. Two of them. Yo, but I have to say something to that. Like, I'm like... Like I'm a strong believer that the best music is the one that is like so emotionally attached to the person that's yeah. delivering it, yeah. and the and the, the the best artists were the ones where they were able to remove that filter. Yeah, because when you're writing or making music, you filter yourself so much. You're like, ah, they ain't ready for that. Maybe I'm not ready for them to to see that, and you filter it. Yeah, and the best ones have been able to take out that filter and just be honest and open yeah. on the mic. Yeah. And not only that, because writing is one step then the other step is conveying that Mm -hmm. emotion when you're recording and that's that's difficult not everyone has that skill no exactly like we go back to vicente or even marcy it's not even the words he's saying it's the fucking emotion behind it yeah so if you could hip, if you could translate that into hip hop, you got something. Exactly, here. it's that's all true. music. You're gonna make that's, all the, that's you, why music yep. is so powerful. All those chanted you know? songs, most of them were uh, Jose Alfredo Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. That originally was written by him. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Dude. And when he sang them, he sang them a certain way. But then Chente came out and yeah, flipped it, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Oh, especially you fucking hit tequila, fucking Caballo Blanco, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. And for fucking Christmas, and that shit, dude. That's just dope, dude. Or was it just the cars driving by your house, dude? <laughs> hey, don't forget fucking uh, what's that fucking banda? Uh, the one that wrote that song for Chris, El Indio Quiere Llorar. El Indio Quiere Llorar. I don't know who sings it, but yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I was a big fucking Tigres and Nortes fan. Doing Ramon Ayala, those are yeah. my people. Oh yeah, they're OGs. Those guys I fucking yeah. want to get drunk game. when I hear that type of yeah, yeah, true vets, man. Oh yeah, dude. Fucking Ramon just hit it, dude. Fuck he yeah. fucking oh, yeah. Ramon Ayala, dude. The accordion king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to fucking drink or cry? One of the two. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Call your girl. You could yeah. be on any drug or alcohol, and you're fucking good with them. Dude. Okay. Yeah. Speed. Yeah, oh hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole different genre, bro. 
<laughs> that's a whole different yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who does speed here, dig? Crickets. Crickets, I hope. The meth cast. <laughs> like, what, yeah, man. What, what I'm curious to see is, like, on those songs and shit, like, just from like a nerdy technical perspective like i want to know how many takes they took because for me the best takes are one two three takes max yeah after the third or fourth you're losing all your fucking emotion and energy mm -hmm. and those songs are so powerful i wonder if like they just knocked it out in one take like on some jay-z yeah. shit or if it's like <laughs> or if like they spent weeks on that they shit, had to wait for know? the perfect moment yeah. to get dumped and I your know. fucking horse dies and all that <laughs> shit exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know like his horse is all sick and shit he's like fuck i'm ready now <laughs> i'm talking about morrissey nick <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I thought he was talking about Chente I know shit. like it's like why are you like alright man yeah yeah horse, horse and horse horse damn oh, horse, <laughs> horse. <laughs> I think uh, Tupac probably was like the Morrissey of rap uh, uh, perhaps you know he no, no 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 don't oh, okay well I'm sorry sorry he, he was a Smiths yeah he's yeah <laughs> sorry, sorry man this guy's a, he's a Morrissey fan right? I, gotta be I, I gotta be careful I gotta be careful but I comparison. look at Joel just looks but at like, him like, like, <laughs> you ain't no fucking Morrissey fan I've been in a Morrissey longer than his ass what's a better comparison Joel what what's a better comparison to Morrissey Dick the Tupac in the rap in the rap like who could who could compare to Tupac as far as other genres of music Aqua Dick <laughs> Fuck. Um, Come on, Barbie, let's go party. That's spitting some real shit right fuck there. Yeah, dude. Dude. I mean, well, it depends upon fuck what the yeah, criteria really. that, that, you're, that you're judging this off yeah. of. Are you talking about cultural impact? Are you talking about just the body of work itself? There you go, you know college work. There you go, college work. <laughs> you're so <laughs> silly. <laughs> <laughs> he lost that cordial dig. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's about to spit some pieces. I, right need, I need to look it up on dictionary.com. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a dog? Say it again. Corgi? Record it. Say it again. <laughs> I got a cordial. He's a little four-legged dog. That's a, that's a really good question. I'm kind of having a hard time to, you know, figuring out, like... Como who, would, who would be a, would be a hey, good God comparison? Hey, Funky. That's a dope song. God well, yeah, because I, I looked at the vulnerability behind it because Tupac, man, that fool laid his whole soul on every song, man. I yeah, mean, Me Against true. the World was one of my favorite fucking albums. But didn't, don't you think he went the other way after that? It was, like, oh, yeah. it was yeah, duality. Yeah. It, was it was a big duality. duality. It was yeah, duality yeah, yeah. in one album. You yeah, had yeah. like a Dear Mama and you had like a Hit Him Up and you had like a shot, I've Been Around. turned into like the crazy Tupac. Yeah. After yeah. that, it was yeah. like... Are we talking Death Row or are we talking pre-Death Row? Pre-Death Row. Me, I was pre-Death Row. That was dope as fuck. He was doing Poetic Society. Yeah, but even during Death Row, he had some dope shit on that fucking All Eyes on Me. That shit was banging as fuck. And the Machiavelli shit that came out after that, oh, that shit yeah. was hard as fuck too. Yeah, it came right. out of nowhere. And then, okay, and then question: Did you guys ever get into the mixtapes? Like, like all the fucking Machiavelli mixtapes that he dropped? Mm -hmm. no. Like six or seven, eight mixtapes. They used to be at your local like, you know, music store, the bootleg Bo ones. Bodega. Yeah, they, they, they just had the cassettes and shit. <laughs> but yeah, the man. Rimo Latinos and shit. <laughs> <laughs> El Curacao. <laughs> <laughs> fucking swap meets and shit. Fucking like, Christopher Gandhi. Warehouse. <laughs> Christopher Motion. <laughs> JJ Newberry. <laughs> See, you Valley guys don't know anything about that. You find him at Wolf. Dropping now at every dropping at every Safeway. Yeah. Buy some pogs and shit. Yeah. Pogs. <laughs> right next to Fire Spider. <laughs> 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 
right, right next to Tiangis, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love the way he's looking at it. I was like, what are you guys talking about, man? <laughs> he's making no. I'm going to all these places. That was, that was a physical Amazon. Right next to Northgate. <laughs> Right that was a Mexican Amazon. Right, right next to North Amazon. <laughs> that was Western Auto, Dick. You can get a tune-up. You can get a gun. You can buy fucking silverware and a fucking stove, Dick. And a girl. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, That's the only place you can get WD-40 and a bulletproof vest, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Western Auto on Florence by yeah. the railroad tracks. By had everything, Park. dude. They had fucking everything, man. Mm. Anyways, back to the music. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I need, I need a bazooka and dog food. Where, where can I go? <laughs> go to Western Auto. And the latest Selena album, dig. <laughs> the latest Selena yeah, album. I have a question for you guys. Like, I am, I am like not into any of the hip hop oh, here we go of again. the 2000s. <laughs> Just does not do absolutely nothing for me. Doesn't resonate. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. You like that Post Malone album, don't you? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Uh... I kind of opened up to Anderson Pack. What do you guys think yeah. about him? Uh, and I like Anderson Pack. Um, I, I didn't like the Oxnard album that much, uh, but I really liked like the, the the what is it Malibu Venice, and then I thought Ventura was really good too. Um, I, I like him. I think he's super creative. Like I think he kind of um, has his own sound. Like I remember I, I I learned about him when Dr. Dre dropped that album like three years ago. I think it was. You remember that uh, the one that was. Uh, I think yeah. the soundtrack Compton to a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he was on that. And, and I thought he stole the show on a couple of the songs. So I was like looking forward to learning more. And then I think, I know he has that other, the, I forgot what the name of the group is. Uh, he has like a duo uh, project also, but I, I really like him. I think he's, I think he's super dope, super honest. Um, I actually used to work in Oxnard and he's from Oxnard and like the community like is behind him too. So it's kind of cool to, to see it like kind of happen organically mm. to an extent. Mm -hmm. So I, I like him. I saw him at the forum. I mean, you know, I wasn't, you know, I really didn't care for it, but I watched the show and like you said, very creative. I mean, he's yeah. got a, just a completely different, different Oh, it's style. called No Worries. He has a, mm. it's a duo album and he's half of it. It's called No Worries. It's really dope. Um, yeah, the, I think, and he, I saw him perform at uh, MacArthur Park in the, the pavilion mm. and he like, he did, he did a nice job. Like he, his music, like the way he performs is exactly what it sounds like recorded. Like there's not a lot of engineering I like going mm. behind it. Yeah. It just is, the, is what it is. Yeah. You know, badass drummer, <laughs> badass drummer too. Like I like that. Oh, oh yeah. He's I, like, I like that he drums and raps. Like and that sings so too, fucking yeah. hard yeah. Like, to keep mm. the fucking metronome mm. and I think raps. I think it would be easy because you're counting the beats in your head but you nah, had to rap that at the same cause time it's because the cadence is different you know what I'm talking yeah, about yeah a lot of things are going on in not everything is time. like linear sometimes yeah. you're on some other shit right. you know what I mean or like so, behind the beat or in front of it or yeah. like even the beat's doing something different the syncopation is a little bit different right he's fucking brilliant there's pauses there's have certain you seen his fucking that, uh, his um his uh I saw him in the desk. NPR tiny desk tiny desk it's the free nationals I think is the name of his band right yeah that shit was ill bro yeah but you know what? I'm gonna throw out a convince me dick challenge for you. Um, you should listen. You should get turned on to Mac Miller, dude. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Mac, Mac Miller. Dope. Mac Miller yeah, is dope because he writes all his fucking music. I agree. <coughs> yeah. He I'm, plays. He plays behind a. Well, he played behind a live band. Yes. Quite I, sometimes. His bass player was Thundercat, who's fucking dope as shit. Yeah, he just dropped a new song today. It was called uh, Dragon Ball Do-Rag. Oh, shit. <laughs> it just came out today. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Dragon Ball Do-Rag? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, Thundercat's a sick motherfucker, dude. He's an interesting he's dude. bad, dude. His, his bass playing is very unique, man. Very yeah, unique. he's fucking dope. He did. Um, he was on that song, um, Dang. 
Damn. And this. then what's the use? He played bass on both oh, those yes. songs. He's embedded in the Los Angeles underground like yeah. uh, for a while now, mm. man. He gets a lot of respect, you know. Yeah, he's fucking sick, dude. You guys have heard of Terrence Martin? Terrence Martin? No. He's a dope ass uh, instrumentalist and producer as well. He was uh, did some production on on um, to pimp, to pimp a Butterfly album, but he dropped an album about a year ago called um, The Sounds of Crenshaw Poly Seeds Volume One. It's oh, an shit. extremely amazing album. It's like all mm. live instrumentation. It's combinations of like hip hop and like funk and like you know just music and it's just the, all instrumental yeah <clears throat> it, no, it has some songs on there but it's all just all live instrumentation that's cool. fucking dope wow. he's like a dope Damn. ass jazz uh i think he plays <clears throat> sax if i'm not mistaken hell yeah yeah check wow it out. you gotta peep it out yeah jk yeah. now going back to you guys' yes. music when you guys write music um are you guys writing it for yourselves or you, you do you have a conscious thought of what your listeners gonna fucking listen to i'm just writing for me man me for me personally I'm just writing things that i like things the stories that that are are relevant to me mm-hmm and I, the expression's relevant to me. You know? I Actually. think over over time, like the more that I've embraced just trying to sound like myself, mm-hmm. the, the better that the audience has reacted yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think like the first five to six years that I was rapping, like back in the mid 2000s, I think like, you know, you're trying to conform a little bit, like, all right, let me, you know, music's changing a little yeah, bit. Let me try to hop cool. on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it doesn't resonate because I think like the the listener can tell you're not being honest. You're not being true yourself. Yeah, you're yeah. not being genuine. <laughs> so I think like uh, that was what was one of the cool things about Brown Brothers for sure is that like we 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 had no preconceived notions of what we wanted to do or what we wanted to portray. Mm-hmm. It was actually just about being ourselves at at its essence. That's what the album is about, and uh, that's why I think like people who've listened to it like see the repeat value and like have mm-hmm. embraced it uh, probably more so than they would have. You know 10 15 years ago when we were probably like trying to sound like something yeah. or not i think people will get more invested in music like that right yeah. when, you're, when you're being yourself versus what's yeah fucking hip because it's genuine mm-hmm. if right. you feel exactly. some realness and you yep. can feel it if you're if you're creating for you and you feel it you're gonna get an audience yeah. even if it's like fucking two fucking people yeah mm-hmm. you know you're, it's gonna be there because you're putting your shit out there and people are gonna yeah. ride that. someone's gonna feel it you're yeah. putting your whole light your whole soul in that i think the one thing that i could say has been different for me writing now as an adult um is I don't really talk about weed smoke a lot. I used mm-hmm. to always talk about weed and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm smoking so much herb, I'm high, I'm all this kind of shit, yeah. all this embellishments, and that shit is stupid kind of talk. Give us a free now. flow. Yeah. Give us a taste. Uh, <laughs> I'll surprise you a bit, you know? But yeah, like, um, but I'm like, cool the beats. But yeah, like, uh, uh, um, that, like I don't want to talk about that. I used to, used to always say, like, the N word a lot, and that mm-hmm. kind of shit doesn't really, like, appeal to me too much because that's not the really kind of way yeah. that I speak. You're on your anymore. Grown man that turns shit, me yeah. off real quick. You yeah. want to hear people fucking you know? yeah. all the same usual shit. Yeah, dude. exactly. It's a shortcut to thinking as well. It is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like if if you it's can't a crutch. Think, yeah, you yeah. Can't yeah. Think of, exactly. like, if you can't think of like some proper words or like the phrasing and things like that to make something like stop writing. Yeah, put mm-hmm. the pen down for that moment and come back to it later. Yeah. That's cool to do. That's why I love fucking Bagolandia, dig. Yeah, <laughs> Bagolandia don't play, man. <laughs> hey, real talk, Bagolandia is is one of like um one of like the 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 most well schooled students of music that I've met like in my travels. Like uh. he really loves this music shit, not okay. just hip hop. He really loves music. He loves like the essence of it. I was telling Arson on the way here, like Bagolani has like a collector. Mm-hmm. You know, he has like a, a collections of things that that portray that, that pertain to music from decades ago, yeah. and like he holds them like badges. The you know, what I'm saying? you know honor, I thought he was you know? a poser for the past fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. He really fucking loves this shit. You know what I'm I saying? Do, and, and that's why when this fool said he was gonna put that shit away, I'm like hell. Nah. <laughs> I know. When this fool said, oh, yeah, I'm like I'm gonna stop making beats, bro. I'm gonna start painting. I'm like get the. Yeah, that was, that I was, looked at him like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, I'll, I'll hold your NPC if you want. Yeah, it, was, it was it was a personal decision. But you it, sold it your ASR ten, didn't you? No, 
See, you got his music, and then you got you've had a flow right away, right? How did that go through, man? You heard his shit, and then what? For for for, for Bago's music, yeah, Bagolandia. Bagolandia. When we when I first met him, we were part of another crew. It was called State of the Union, and and Mina was part of it for for a while as well. A short and, stint, yeah, and, but it was um, fun. Very short stint, but it was mm-hmm. fun. We um. Bago would flip us tons of beats. He was the exclusive producer. At one point, we were going to have another producer named Anti, who was really dope, mm-hmm. but it just didn't work out with scheduling. So Bago was the number one producer, which was great because I, I got along extremely well with Bago. And I think that's important to have like a good that relationship chemistry. with people. Yeah. Because if you're friends with someone, then like, I don't know, it just works so much better, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, Bago, the chemistry's there. Yeah. yeah. So like Bago would send beats and like, Right away, like thoughts would kind of come to my head, and then I would start to like write stuff down, kind of like stream of consciousness kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if I'm freestyling on the paper, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize that, like years later, that sometimes that's good because it's coming right from the heart, right mm-hmm. from the soul. Like, like, like I said earlier in the in the cast, like that's the kind of like style that I like to do. And Arson is a little bit more technical and well thought, so that's kind of where me and him kind of play off each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Sometimes I, I would get these great ideas, and sometimes it'd be hella whack. But uh, <laughs> um, working in a group, you're able to like bounce each other's ideas off each other. So for one song, for example, "Train of Thought," um, which was the first one that we worked on that actually made the album with um, me and Arson, just working together, not with anybody else. That song, right away, I think, I think, I think that right away, like I, I hit up uh, Arson, and I'm like, "Train of Thought," like that, that. That's what hit me right away. Just those three words. And then from there, I was like, I, I'm kind of thinking of this as like, you're always getting all these thoughts p- coming to your head. And then sometimes like you'll miss a thought and that's mm. like it essentially leaving the station. But it don't yeah. even trip because another one's going to be coming right. right <laughs> you got to right, transfer. Yeah. So like, that's kind of my idea behind it. And then we had this whole like train theme and shit like that. But uh, for me, it's just like a, a feeling and it's like a pull and a tug. Like it's hard to explain, you know, like I, I'm sure all you guys being artists, you, you understand, like mm. you being a photographer, I'm sure there's moments where like you get that perfect fucking shot with like the lighting and everything and it's saying more than what the picture's saying like you're yeah. able to convey mm-hmm. something as I, have one where it's all out, I have one picture where it's all out of focus and, but it makes the most sense exactly yeah. Yeah. it's the worst picture you care it's from like an artistic yeah. standpoint yeah. and then I'm sure like Mino being like a DJ there's moments where you mm-hmm. just hit like the perfect fucking scratch or, or you whatever, just hit the, yeah. you can maybe never duplicate it again right. at that moment it was just right for right that moment you being a bass before. player being a bass player probably you jamming oh, yeah. with the band come up with one of the sickest jams like oh shit and everyone is like in total unison you don't know how that happened it's because the music had a, already a destiny where you guys where you guys were just the conduits in which it was flowing through you know Ernest Hemingway had a I guess uh, he was talking to a young writer and uh, he asked for advice and he just looked at him and he said write drunk edit sober <laughs> and basically he didn't say like well he, yeah Ernest Hemingway was a fucking alcoholic but he said it in a way like get all your write down all your ideas that are coming at you right now and then when it, you know, like come back to it and when it makes sense, like strike with that when the inspiration's hot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you go back to it and then you just structure it. Yeah. Then now that the feelings have like died down. Yeah. And I, th- I, I like and that's that. that's what he that's what yeah. he meant by that. Right, like drunk, that. edit that's sober. Tight. I like that because because like like honestly, I paint drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like that's fucking hella true, man. Like there's a lot of times where like you're you're creating music, and things are happening that you can't even put into words. It's just mm-hmm. un- like you can't even describe it. You know what I'm saying? It's magic. Yeah, it's like wow, it's like magic. we just made that vibe. I saw I'm a very vibe oriented person, which is yeah. why I tried to explain to my man Arson about the vibe that. I, it's hard to explain. It's just more of a feeling type thing. Well, and, and I think like for every time that something comes together that maybe you weren't 
uh, you didn't think was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like like this past weekend, I was working on some music with, with my boy Ricks, and um, it was like Saturday night, and we had we had ate some burgers for dinner, <laughs> and then right after, um, we were kind of like, uh, maybe we should just take the night off. You know, sounds like a good one to just chill and do your thing. And, you know, we played a beat, and uh, we were done, written and everything in like two and a half, three hours, right? And then I think about like every time where maybe it got together, whether I mean, a couple of times in the in the sessions for Brown Brothers, this happened where like, okay, it's just not coming together. Mm-hmm. Let's not force it. Let's mm-hmm. not try to just force this thing through because now it just sounds like robotic you and can then, hear it exactly, and the list and the listener can pick up on right. that. So, like, yeah, I mean, I think every every song has its own timeline, you know, one way or another. And uh, and what was cool about this project was really being able to align each other to that mm. because. Um, one other thing I, you know, like, like profit is very much again, like he goes, like I said, he, he, he's a freestyler. I'm more of a writer. He, uh, wants to record and be done in a take. And then I want to go back and see where I can fine tune it a little bit. Right. He's a yin to your yang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but where yeah. it's a little different, right. Is like, as he alluded to it earlier, sometimes I want to finish the song and I want to put it out. I want to get some reactions on yeah. it right away. And he's like, nah, hold it for the body of work. So as much as he like wants to, um, kind of capture the moment, mm-hmm. he also like might, like, I think, I think we probably would have dropped Brown Brothers, like maybe a little later. Maybe it would have been a better project, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But that was the also, the other tug is like, I like quick to, to hold back, right? Yeah, he, you know, so he'll kind of stockpile this shit a little bit, right? Yeah. And he has like a lot of projects that he's worked on over the years that he has on his hard drive, and I've like listened to most of it now, and I'm like, yeah, he, like let's put it out. Stop hoarding it. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, a hoarder. A little he bit. is a hoarder, you know. He is a hoarder because I think the situation sometimes where like as an artist like you try to have like you be like an octopus have a tentacle in, in every little pot right sure. and like and that allows for you to not be tied down to one creative sound to one creative direction or to one group of creatives it's like you're moving around to a lot so like I have an EP that I was talking about with Boggle I, that I have a couple joints on I got another LP with another homie and then this one and this one and then that's why this album I had to finally pull some of them shits out and say fuck it man we're gonna drop mm-hmm. on this album and I told Arson nice. like look through your crates I know you have some shit I'll look through mine. We don't all have to be on the track with each other. We could bring out some solo joints too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of joints on this album that are four or five years old, you know what oh, I'm saying? Shit. So like, it was just time to bring them shits out, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think the sound is dated at all. I think it's just a matter of uh, uh, anything could be fresh. It's old to yeah. you and your homies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> the vibe was the same yeah. to the song. Too. Exactly. Well, good music Maximum is timeless, dude. Yeah. Good music is timeless. Uh, yeah. If it's dope, it's gonna last forever. Yeah, I mean, true. you could listen to the fucking Dr. Dre's Chronic, and it'll still sound dope. Yeah. Still bangs, yeah. yeah. Now, now, do you guys see yourself as any kind of inspiration to the future generation out there? I didn't until I started getting like some feedback from like like what my cousin gave us that Arson said. Also, I used to, I was working at a high school a few years back, and I I made a little program similar to what Arson did with the Y, and I had a a freestyle little um, circles that I would bring with the high school kids. And they were very into um, this rapper named Self Provoked, and he's like a homie of mine. I brought him in um, to do like a little freestyle with the kids, and they fucking love that shit. And it was really cool to kind of like start talking to them about like, you know, what this music could do and what mm-hmm. you could do with it. You know what I'm saying? And and how to structure things and how to work on writing like actual songs and what mm-hmm. does bars mean? And it was really fucking dope. You know? Yeah. Like yeah, so yeah. I've um you know like sometimes uh like when you play music in different settings. So like uh, the barbershop test, you got to mm-hmm. pass it right. So I go to a barbershop out in Encino. Um, and my barber was like, yo, what's up with the music? Let me, you know, can I hear some of it? And, you know, I put it on in the barber shop and, um, my barber, he's, he's awesome. C's shout out to C's. He does like an awesome job. He's like, 
18, 19 years old. So Can you hook me up, dude? <laughs> he's got you, bro. He's got you. <laughs> a little but, off the top. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's, he's, he's very young, you know? And um, when he listened to it, uh, kind of what I alluded to earlier, he talked a lot about how, man, he's like, damn, man, like, that's really cool to hear that. Like, you know, th- there's a song where we talk a little bit about, like, um, like some, like, financial struggles that mm-hmm. we've been through, right? And, and he's like, man, no one, like, talks to me about that. Like, I've never, yeah. you know, talked about that. And then that sprung a whole conversation where during the rest of the bar, uh, of the cut, like, we were talking about, like, yo, this is how you should set up your accounts and mm-hmm. this is like what you should do with your money yada 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 mm-hmm. so I think one way or another the fact that again we were really open to sharing like whether it's uh, financial mental health struggles like emotional issues like I, I hope that if people um, are inspired by it then hopefully it's like that space where like I know when I was 18 19 years old no one was talking to me about yeah, those things exactly yeah. Yeah. what kind of message do you have for the uh, younger crowds that mm-hmm. are getting into your craft what do you want to pass on to them? What, what knowledge or what advice would you like to give them? I think you, you like right now is the time for you to mm-hmm. give yourself to it like 100 percent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as the years pass, whether it's life, whether it's employment, whether it's school, whether it's, you know, life happens. Right. Mm-hmm. So one way or another, like the time is limited. I think that's probably something we all feel right as we get older, like. Yo, like now I look at music as something that eventually I'm not going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So now that you're younger and you can just give yourself to it, if that's truly what your love is for, like, yeah, absolutely give yourself to it. But I think I would also share that, like, your expectations should be what you want them to be. Like, um, you know, I think when you're younger and you're and you're coming up in hip hop, you think like, yo, if I didn't drop an album and if I'm not on the cover of the Source magazine and someone's not giving me five mics and I'm not selling a hundred thousand or a million <laughs> albums or whatever, like I didn't make it. Um, and like sometimes people have been like as we're releasing the, the, the music I've had a few of my homies be like yo that's really cool like you're chasing your dream and I'm like I'm not really chasing my dream mm-hmm. at this age I'm you know I, I, I have to like provide for myself and for my family yeah. like this is just something that that I really love mm-hmm. and it's like a very very serious hobby for the love. really yeah. it is it's a, yeah. but it's a hobby but it's a very serious one like I would never want to do it short so I think like to the kids like they have to be okay with whatever the mm-hmm. expectations are of themselves if they want to be a super huge star then go for it if this is just something that brings you happiness and gives you an ability to stop and think and be creative then just go for it um, at, mm-hmm. at that and just be like you know just be yourself I think is really more than anything else but the younger you are, the more that you can kind of give yourself yeah. to it. So now's the time. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think also be original. You know, I think that that's been lost yeah. in this day and age. Like it was something that was so highly coveted back in the day, um, which made hip hop so unique was the fact that everyone was trying to be original. And I think now everyone's kind of following trends. And that's kind of like a yeah. disservice to like creativity, because yeah. if you're following a trend that's already been done, then where does that leave room for you to cr- be yourself or mm. be creative? Right. And I think right now the youth have um, everything for them. Technology is so more advanced than when it was back in the day. They can make a home studio real cheap and, and release dope ass music that's crisp, just like a million dollar studio would be with a very minimal setup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think and, and and they're learning the technology so much quicker because they're born with this shit. Like when we were born, the internet wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Not yep. big. How old are you guys? Like it, 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 it came it, it came out later. Hmm? How old are you guys? I'm 34. I'm 35. All right. So it came out later, like you know, like or it was right around to come out. You know, like it was just a different era. So like the technology where we were learning it they're already born learning learned it you already you know what i'm saying it's like embedded born it's, in, it's, it's, it's in their hard drive so Don't because of that different. they're able to like get um a setup at the crib make the music mix it master it put it out mm-hmm. completely all by themselves with very minimal effort and very minimal cash yeah. and they could and it's making stars of some dudes you know what i'm saying there's some youtube dudes that are really hustling their ass off making a living off of this shit and they're like 18 17 years old yeah. 16 making like racks mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars because they found their niche they found their sound they found their style i can't knock the hustle i ain't bumping it 
mm-hmm. but you can never knock the hustle yeah. of, of someone who's like being able to work the system and at a young age and, and figure out their their niche you know you know, yeah. what i would i would also tell them like like don't tie yourself up with debt mm-hmm. right because like <laughs> they're 15 16 right now and like maybe they're getting a hand with what they're doing but like as soon as they they have that option and i speak from experience right like you know you turn 18 and all of a sudden now oh i have access to cash that maybe mm-hmm. you know, credit cards like work yeah exactly like it's like work on your game and here's my first bank credit card yeah exactly. <laughs> i'll buy all this gear and then before you know it like you know now you have uh, debt that you're carrying with you everywhere and now you you've started to restrict yeah. your ability to how much you can do Big with time. your dream hashtag so. the ucla school of accounting i'm 20 years of debt right now with a podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real <laughs> Like, ha- hashtag but you, hashtag I mean, capital that, one but ucla <laughs> never never taught me that bro that's just a school of hard knocks yeah. man like you go to ucla they don't teach you that so how do you expect these kids to learn anything yeah. about it but yeah. like mm-hmm. man I, trust me as soon as they get that option to like you know put out pull out the the sam ash credit card man like no interest for six months and then before you know you've done it on amen 10 credit cards you know? amen to that shit i do yeah you know? i think i wrecked well they gave me i think two Twenty five hundred bucks yeah. at Guitar Center. Yeah. I maxed the over. fuck out of it right Dang. away in one hour. Yeah. <laughs> in one I bought hour. the MP, the ASR, fucking Mackie mixer, turntables, all that shit within all like within a month. Right. Mm. One thing I would say that is also extremely important that I would say to the youth is um is don't get bogged down in this drug culture. It's all mm-hmm. fake. These yeah. motherfuckers ain't doing these drugs that they're mm-hmm. rapping about. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they really aren't. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a very small sliver are, but like the real big dudes, like Future and all them dudes, those dudes ain't doing that mm-hmm. shit they're rapping about it the kids are getting caught up on these melodies and thinking that's what that's yeah. what, what they need to be doing they need to be drinking lean and popping all these pills but that's nah motherfuckers are shit. dying off that shit mm-hmm. motherfuckers yep. are dying off that yeah. shit like left and right you know what i mean like True like that. look at mac i mean like, so many dudes you know so prince i mean nah f- that that, that yeah. shit is not cool yeah. you see what the fucked up part about both those guys <clears throat> They had money and they had access to good drugs and they got <laughs> bad shit. Yeah, for real. They got they got they got drugs well, like, like with fentanyl. Dude. Wasn't That's Prince how they fucking like died? Wasn't dude. Prince taking just fentanyl no matter what? No, no, no. Like, he was taking. I don't know what he was taking. He was taking <clears> some <throat> fucking strong as fuck, but it wasn't fentanyl. But it had it shit, in there. Yeah. It was fentanyl. Dude. It wasn't fentanyl. It wasn't fentanyl. He was taking fentanyl. Dude. Well, wasn't he taking? I heard he was taking fentanyl because killed him. he had like he had I like pain. That matter. Wasn't he also taking Ativan and things like that? Yeah, yeah. He was mixing all uppers and downers. Yeah. But and they got uppers and downers and all arounders. They got yeah. bad drugs, and now, now you're a broke ass rapper trying to score on the street. You're gonna get even yeah. fucking worse drugs. These yeah. guys are fucking millionaires, dude. I agree, mm. especially lean. You can't fucking cheap out on the Fanta, dude. Nah, you just can't. You can't fucking nah. get that cheap fucking nah. Shasta shit. That lean shit is killer, man. Yeah, that shit man. is taking fools the fuck out, man. That shit is poison. Oh, yeah. you fools drinking cough. that shit at parties. I'm right. like, that shit is whack. What are you drinking that shit for, man? <laughs> that lean shit it birthed the whole culture of, of fucking chopped and screwed, right? Yeah, like yeah, there would be no DJ was. Screw. They have a, a movie coming out about that. Uh, really? coming, yeah, about DJ Screw uh, coming up soon. But Dope. yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that's a trip. These motherfucking kids think that shit's cool. It's not. <laughs> you hear that, dude? That shit is not cool. <laughs> Stay in school. That's Say, no cool. To lean. <laughs> Say no to lean. Say no to lean. Lean back. Lean like, back. Yeah. Pay attention to Fat Joe and lean back. All right, so name three of your personal favorite people in your world, dude. Oh, man. Um, I have to say my sister. Um, and I have to say my mom. And... 
I think I'd have to encompass it and just say all like my family, like my immediate mm-hmm. family. I think it's really hard to say who your favorite people are when you have a family that's kind of close knit mm-hmm. and when it's focus, mm-hmm. you know, of them as it mm-hmm. is. You know what I mean? Like, ah, you didn't say me or you didn't say me. <laughs> nah, it's just like like like, like the fams. You know what I'm saying? Like, kicked his yeah, ass like kick when he gets yeah. home right now. Like 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 the family is really the rock. You know what I mean? And I think I think when you get older and when when you're younger, at least for my family, we used to hang out a lot, a lot of family parties. And now that I'm older, a lot of that shit doesn't happen no more. And I'm realizing how much I miss those. You don't see each other as much because of Facebook. Yeah. What about you? Name four. Name four now. Name nine. Just name nine. Top nine. All right. And then pick four out of the nine. Nah. First and foremost, my wife. Yeah, I have to say that, but I do genuinely mean it. And shout out to her because she supported the process of making this album. Like she was cool with profit coming over every Friday night for like a year straight. Him again? Fuck. But she contributed, and she's like mad that we cut a couple songs that she had actually like kind of recorded on. So she ended up like being personally invested. But definitely her, like, I mean, her support is just everything. Um, I I guess like I'm not gonna go to the family because then somebody's gonna call me out for it. Like, yo, I heard the podcast and you didn't like you didn't call me out. They're not gonna hear it. I'm gonna go more. No, they will, man. They will. They're automatic. My mom is front row at anything I do, man. Like, that's cool, man. If I had a show with you know three people and she's definitely one and she's bringing two of her friends with her you know she supports everything so she might actually listen to it but um no i would actually say like um i think about like random interactions that i have with people over time and um you know like what i do i i I work for target actually so i Mm -hmm. I work at all the stores that are like along the the west coast and um i go up to the store in paso robles sometimes Mm -hmm. and they have a, a card attendant and this kid is like, um, he's, he's some kind of special needs, right? He's not, um, you know, 100%, but he's uh, just a very genuine guy. And every time I see him, he remembers me by mm. name. And like, I still don't know him by name, but every time he sees me, he gives me a big old hug and he updates me on stuff that I assume he doesn't have a lot of people to talk to about. But he, he recently told me that he, his mom passed. Mm. And like, I felt so bad because as he was telling me in that moment, I could tell that he was literally just telling me because he wanted to tell me. But I also like had to kind of keep it moving and he had to keep it moving too. So it was just such a like a weird thing. Yeah. But the reason I say he's one of my favorite people is because now I've interacted with him five or six times and he's always just so genuine and so like full of life. And even this time where he was telling me about his mom passing away, he was trying to figure out like how he could make everyone else's day better. Yeah. So I like kind of like identifying somebody like that. Um, I'm also gonna shout out my homie, uh, Dope Child. Um, Prophet knows Dope Child, my, my boy Dope Child. Like, He's from uh, Chile, like I am. So when I was working for the YMCA, he was a, a YMCA, a local YMCA kid. And one day I heard him speaking with his heavy Spanish accent, and it's a Chilean accent. I was like, "Yo, are you from Chile?" Yeah. And then we became like really, really good oh, yeah. friends. <laughs> and uh, actually, on our um, Team Classic projects, which is another group that I've been a part of, he like does all the skits and everything. Mm-hmm. So he's always trying to like get involved. But the reason I say he's one of my favorite people, man, is like he's like the definition of loyalty. Like this guy has just been so loyal over like probably also about 15 years that I've gotten to know him. Um, and like, you just don't really see that mm-hmm. enough, right? Like you, you you might maybe like with people you like literally grew up with, but this was somebody who came into like my life, like, you know, after I was an adult already mm-hmm. and the whole time he's kept it 100 and I just wanted to, I think as you, you ask who's, who my favorite people are, man, like it's gotta be somebody who's loyal that's like that. That's a diverse list, yeah, it's yeah. awesome, man. But that's not nine, you got, you got about <laughs> shit. Right. He had four, he had four, it's good enough. Chris, Chris's he favorite. Didn't, he didn't bring the big hard drive. You know? Chris's, uh, Chris's favorite people are Geronimo and Chief Sitting Bull. <laughs> we forgot coaches, dude. We forgot coaches. You 
an MC named Mike Geronimo? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Digress. <laughs> wow. Where do we go from there? <laughs> <God damn>. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Chris. What do you fucking Chris? I'm not the one throwing racial slurs at me. <laughs> I ain't a ra- racial slur, dig. Oh, what, what got you? All right. So you guys growing up and everything. I don't. I didn't go to college for obvious reasons. You hear me speak. But what made you guys go to college? Uh, shit, like I didn't have an option. Like it was my mom and dad were like, you're going to college. But I, I think like, I think that's like a big myth, man. Mm-hmm. Like it, I went to UCLA and I'm proud of the degree and like it, it helps a lot. Like mm-hmm. for sure, if I put UCLA on a resume, like people want to hire you. But, um, you know, it also left me with debt. It also, mm-hmm. uh, I think, took away from the experience of college the academic portion of Mm -hmm. it because like the social was great the partying was great getting to know people was great but i took school less seriously yeah um but i think like my mom and my dad i think that when they moved to the u.s when they immigrated like Mm -hmm. i was born in chile we immigrated when i was three like their whole thought was like i'm gonna come out here to my parents are gonna get a titulo they're gonna get a titulo so all he wanted me was was to get my titulo so going to ucla was like just a mandatory part and you know old man my dad my dad's dream for me was to work at a fucking warehouse <laughs> riding a forklift <laughs> get license get a forklift license he did dude I got it like, I'm <laughs> proud of you son Ricardo Necesito <laughs> Ricardo Modiga hey, Ricardo Mueve esa caja Ricardo Hey that's just cool though man like me, me working in education I realized that uh, a college is not for everyone and I tell mm-hmm. my kids that uh, against like the advice of like the old the, I mean, the people in charge I tell yeah. the kids like hey man college ain't for everyone regardless of what they tell you mm-hmm. I'm like some, some, some people are destined to go into trade some people are destined to start their own business i'm like yeah do not think that this 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 format is for everybody yeah you know and for me it actually wasn't for me like i went to college but i got kicked the fuck out mm. i was actually acting a fool you know what i mean taking mm-hmm. not taking care of business I, I ended up getting kicked out after like two or three years i got disqualified they call it and um and then for like the past what 10 years i've been working my ass trying to get back in oh, taking man. a class here taking a class there and now within the past year and a half i've i've attacked school harder than i've ever in my life life dog mm. like i'm paying for it out of pocket oh, yeah, but my, you don't like, really need that like, shit. No, I, I, it's not for you like the thing is i do need it because like i i'm working at like i'm an elementary school teacher like i teach gardening and cooking to like elementary school kids sorry are you called mr profit is that what you're nah, saying <laughs> <laughs> no nah, they call mr he Sposo. must be rich <laughs> it's it's mr profit these are seeds and um college is bullshit <laughs> nah i work with the younger ones it's non-credential teaching position and recently they put this thing on me that it's like yo you got to get your degree you got five years so i was in the process of getting it my anyway niece, she says, my niece did the same fucking that thing shit as you lit did. the fire under yeah. me and i'm just like nah i gotta get this shit yeah. and, you know and i got about two years left i'm hoping to get back in the season this fall and i haven't been there since 06 so for me that was like a huge deal dog yeah. i'm feeling really good and, have, and, and your boy just got a 4.0 this last yeah, semester nice. so i feel like my first one oh, in my whole shit. in my whole fucking Hell life yeah. i never got that shit ever wow. ever ever Congrats. so right now i'm kind of like yeah. i don't know the feeling <laughs> <laughs> i got hey, 2.5 i thought i was getting a new car i was like hey that's good i got 4.0 it's almost a five it's still good dog it's still good it's like the mustang the point slow yeah. dig. but yeah man i haven't even finished school yet so uh, like i uh, I'm, I'm just in it and get like, it like wow. i think as far as like the, the way that i talk that has nothing to do with school i'm just an mc yeah, so i like to read nah yeah. nah serio serio like i'm an mc like i like to read so like i came from like the hood so i'm able to like do that code switching very well yeah, like right. hey you know what's up you know yeah whatever and then bam how are you guys doing today who's your, yeah. favorite, who's your favorite author Author, um, Oscar Zeta Acosta. He's like a, a Chicano author. He wrote two books um, called 
um, the revolt of the cockroach people and the autobiography of a brown buffalo. Mm. And it was all about the Chicano movement during the mm. 60s and 70s. He was the best friend of Hunter S. Thompson, who's, yeah. the, who's, who's the dude that's on... Uh, Dr. Fear, Gonzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, that Raul movie. He, he actually plays the, uh, the, the Benicio Del Toro character is that author. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah, two amazing yeah. books. I, I, re- I recommend them highly. They're all, they're all about the Chicano movement. This fucking dope, dude. They're really cool narratives. You are? Uh, are you a fan of uh, Miguel Pinheiro? Miguel Pinheiro. I haven't really read any, any of his stuff. Dope. He's a he's a he's a Puerto Rican. New, uh, he started the New York Rican Cafe. Mm, I know about he the was cafe. One of the, yeah, he was one of the founders of the New York Rican Cafe. I figured that you know, you're an MC, you're Puerto Rican. I yeah. figured you'd be a hip with him, but he's, nah, he's dope. I have to get into him. Ever heard he's, of Juno Diaz? Yeah, he's dope too. Yeah, he's like Dominican and shit. But yeah, he has like, I like the way he writes. It's kind of like Spanish. Yeah. He throws in all this like different like yeah. slang words and shit. I got Doctor Seuss on the fucking record. <laughs> right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta start somewhere, dog. You know? <laughs> but, but check, check out his uh, check out his uh, shit. Yeah. Now I want to ask uh, the college uh, question because I did a career day not too long ago, and I was the um, I was the contrast, the not college educated but doing okay still successful yeah and then the, i just noticed that the kid related more to me versus everybody Fuck else because yeah. we had doctors they had everything and then you have my asshole ass dude you know yeah <laughs> still making more money than the doctors exactly the i'm not in debt like they are dude <laughs> yeah exactly it's not always that, it's not always the path for everyone yeah bro. you could be so successful as long yeah. as your grind is right That's and this key. was a medical high school dude which I'm tripping out on. Like, these kids are all Marquez uh, school? Yeah, where we used to play fucking uh, baseball and football. Well, at least yeah. I did. I don't know about your fucking I was the announcer. I, I couldn't play. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a trip because yeah. it, it, not every kid, I mean, they're there poised for college, but I, one day I noticed not every one of them wants to go to college. No. But and, I, I think, like, if we, if we like, demonstrate the importance of, like, the bottom line instead of, like, how much money you're making. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the times that kind of, like, ends up, it makes sense from that yeah. aspect, right? That's the thing, trip probably, can none of them, none of the kids, all, the, all the questions, none of them ask me how much I made. Right, yeah, yeah like, I think I have a, I have a, a homie named Jaime who, um, he went to CSUN, and it w- definitely wasn't for mm-hmm. him, and then he moved back home, and then he kind of started, he kind of, like, made his way up in the plumbing business, and I believe now he has his own plumbing company, mm-hmm. and, like, the dude's been stacking for years yeah. now with no expenses. He had no college degree to pay back, right? Mm-hmm. And like you probably think like if you went to school and you end up as a plumber, you're like, oh, does that make sense? But when you actually do the math, like, yeah, it could definitely yeah, make fuck, sense. Yeah. Whereas you might be getting a four year degree and you might be leaving school with anywhere from like fifty to two hundred thousand dollars of debt. If you get paid a hundred grand, like it's still gonna yeah. take you a while to pay that back if yeah. you ever do. You're never gonna I got finish. a friend who just became a doctor and his his fucking debt's fucking stacked. ridiculous. Dude, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be hurting for years. Yep, I th- exactly. I think the most important thing to teach to teach the kids is that it's not about college, it's not about a trade, it's about sticking to something mm-hmm. working hard and and not giving up like yeah. that that's what it's about and that is the key to success in no matter what environment you're in yep. you could yeah. be in school you could be doing your trade yeah you could be hustling on the fucking street as long as you're dedicated <laughs> you yeah. don't fucking give up if you're gonna be a, be- yeah. gonna be a drug dealer be the best be the fucking best. Drug dealer out there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah but i think that's be george yeah, jung you know that like like <laughs> that's the key to success yo that's yeah. the, and, and i think that's what a, 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 a lot of kids really need to understand you know i wish i understood that shit earlier fuck yeah. i would have been having my degree a long time ago yeah, exactly. open up a lot more doors you know <laughs> shit. shit i, I was dropped, listening I, to a i was listening to a podcast a past gas podcast um and uh they were talking about the Bell Casino, the bicycle club. Yeah. And that was built by a drug dealer. Damn. Damn. Yeah, that's how he fucking laundered his money through that fucking Damn. casino. And the new update Smart. was built by... <laughs> 
Yo, that's how fucking hip hop was built by drug dealers, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> they fucking funded all the fucking artists yeah. and shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Everyone. It wasn't shit, for Easy, dude. Yeah, it would be no yeah. fucking Dr. Dre. <laughs> I'll tell you some stories out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, clap, clap. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah, yo, um, and, um, maybe we could, maybe just for free quick, if we could just share. Uh, you know, make sure you guys follow uh, oh, yeah. Brown Most Brothers. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we hear you working yeah. on Instagram. The fucking Stream worst music. producer ever. I swear, <laughs> God. Young no. Pluggery. So where can we yeah. find your music at? Uh, <laughs> Brown Brothers. Um, that's B R O V A Z. You can find that shit on Instagram. Um, you could find our. We just dropped the music video too. It's called Barzini. It's B A R Z I N I, like Don Barzini from the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find that. That's on uh, YouTube and, and IGTV. And then you can listen to the album on uh, any platform. So Spotify, Apple Music, yeah, Tidal, Chris. whatever you use. Nice. Yeah, Chris. You can find it anywhere. Anywhere. Google. Anywhere and everywhere. SoundCloud. <laughs> SoundCloud if, if you know if you're not paying that monthly fee. It's and remember it's it's Don mm-hmm. Barzini like the godfather, the exactly. one that, the that one that betrayed that, fucking that, That's where I got it from, Doc. <laughs> I was like, that's a badass fucking name, Barzini. Barzini. Like you were talking some yeah. bars, son. He's the one that betrayed Michael Corleone. He did, dog. Know. He betrayed Michael Corleone, man. You know, he wanted to go into drugs and he didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it was Barzini. It was Barzini. <laughs> so that's where it came from. You hear the fucking album, dog, now, bro. I'm gonna hear it. I'm here all the way home, dude. You're not here. Oh man, but yeah, dog. Um, you can find us there. Also, uh, our, our our private um, Instagrams. Mine is the Prophet Sixteen. That's one six. And Arson the MC. Yeah, and Bagolandia nice. send me some beats. Bagolandia. Bagolandia. That's your name, dude. That's my new album. Hey, that's new take that note, dick. Bagolandia. Oh, that'd be a sick ass album, bro. Bagolandia, and it's like uh, you're entering the land. You know, <laughs> you have like a Ferris wheel, like fucking Neverland and shit. Dude. That's all saying, Neverland. Wow. Dude. Oh man, make it animated and shit. Damn. Have some full draw. Right? Neverland for underage taggers, dude. dude gonna be <laughs> a- you have a fucking DJ Pinocchio right there. Just out <laughs> I'm gonna drop a three song album. Hey Bobo man, uh, big shout out to you guys though at La Clica, man. Thank you guys for having us at La Clica oh, Podcast. Oh, thank you guys. Our pleasure, man. Yeah. Hell yeah! Thanks for coming through, man. We really appreciate yeah. you guys taking the drive. <laughs> Yeah. We got another log as well on the way home, but shit. <laughs> I know, right? Orale, <laughs> shit. La primera lives. Yeah, orale. It has her control at todo. Cool, man. Then I'm signing out. My name is Bago74. We got LLG. DJ. <laughs> I'm sorry. Clap, clap, clap. Start again, my name. That's perfect. <laughs> that was good. I'm sorry, my bro. I'm fucking so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it was con tan serio, wey, tan serio, you know? That was Arbor's Art Laveau voice. <laughs> <Yeah>, for <man>. real. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm ready now. Got all right, right, right. Oh, my God. All right, this is Bago 74. <laughs> the self-conscious LLG. <laughs> DJ Mito. <laughs> Chris. Joel. It's the prophet. Our hey, son. Wait. And we out. <laughs>